I don't know about your flag, but I wouldn't mind seeing your poll. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, October 14, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 452. This is No Agenda. Watching the watchers and fact-checking the fact-checkers. From the capital of the drone, Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the fog has rolled in, it's gloomy. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Ah, you sound great. Uh, well, for as long as it lasts. Just don't have me watch any videos. Hey, get, you got to be using Chrome. <laughs> Did you see the Michael Dunn piece? Who's Michael Dunn? <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you were, if you if you're not listening live to the show, you have no idea why we think this is so hilarious. Uh, but no, I did not watch the Michael. Who, who is Michael Dunn? No, go to your Twitter feed. You get your Twitter open because you tweeted. Yeah. Okay. And there should be an at uh, Adam Curry, Michael Dunn. I made this. I know you'll both appreciate it. Oh, it's a pretty... yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. Uh, the, yeah, his, it's pretty. His uh, his image. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's great, yeah. But he, did he put it on the art generator? Well, I don't think it actually would fit as a logo. Maybe. Let me see. You never know. People sometimes, art, noagendaartgenerator.com. Uh, well, I should probably take a look at that. Uh, no, no, it's not. Because okay. he's probably not listening anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, true. So we're on the uh, on the mumble today to see how that works, see if we get any uh, better... Uh, Better vibe than uh, than Skype. So this is a test. So far, so good. We are exactly two minutes into the show. That's great. Yeah, and ten minutes late. So, uh, any news this week? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a few distractions of the week. I don't know if there's any real news. I, I have a question for you right off the bat. There's something has really been bugging me, uh, and this is, uh, this, this is a callback really to the... Um, uh, to the presidential, the first presidential debate, of course, we had the vice presidential debate uh, on Thursday evening. We might talk about that a little bit. Uh, but I'm seeing one thing. Uh, and again, I know a lot of really smart people who are um, Republicans. I know a lot of smart people who are uh, who are Democrats. They are, they are very diehard. And the Democrat, the, the people I know who are Democrats, there's, there's something that's really been bugging me. Um, they are using this... 15-second uh, clip from the presidential debates, and I'll tell you what, what people are saying about this. Now, I want to get your take on it. not the case. Look, I got five boys. I, I'm used to people saying something that's not always true, but just keep on repeating it and ultimately hoping I'll believe it. But that, that is not the case, all right? I, I will not reduce the taxes paid by... So that clip, um, people are saying, he called the president boy. To his face. Okay. So, so uh, saying that this, what Romney said here, was racial, was a racial attack on the president. It was a racial attack? Why? Because he's like, because it's, where's the connection between that and racism? Uh, uh, because of the word he's, boy. Because he's the equivalent of five young white boys. I'm telling you, this is a, this is a total meme and some really, I really... I haven't seen this meme at all. Oh. You're kidding me. No. Oh, I mean, you, you know, you know, you know what really. You, you may be getting it in Texas, but I haven't seen no, it up here. No, not at all. Not at all. This is everywhere. Oh, in fact, uh, oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is the one that pissed me off this morning. Uh, I will read this to you, and then you tell me who wrote this. Uh, blog post. He called the president boy. Um, 
Just oh, to, oh, oh, it's from the boy thing. Yes. I have five boys. Yeah. Here. Oh, my God. Listen You're to this. kidding. So I'm going to read this. To, now I've seen I've been seeing this ever since the debate, and then it showed up this morning on someone's blog, and I'm like, okay, now I have to say something, because this person is not dumb. All right. He, here's the blog post. He called the president boy. Just tuned in to a little of the Sunday morning news discussion on various networks. The big issue seems to be whether or not VP Biden was disrespectful of Congressman Ryan in the Wednesday debate. Yes, he was. But I haven't forgotten what Mitt Romney said to President Obama. He said the president is like a boy who doesn't tell the truth. Quote, look, I've got five boys. I'm used to people saying that's not always true, but just keep on repeating until ultimately hoping I'll believe it. He called the president boy to his face with 70 million witnesses. Watch the video a few times. I think this is far more outrageous than anything he said at the 47% dinner in May. So this person is literally saying that this this 15-second clip... Not the case. Look, I got five boys. I'm used to people saying something that's not always true, but just keep on repeating it and ultimately hoping I'll believe it. But that that is not the case, all right? That that is a racial slur. You can you can Google this, John. You can Google and see how many people think that this is a racial slur. That it was a smart, a really smart, uh, subtle move. That was a tricky, tricky slur. Yeah, who, because he gay snuck in the word it, boys. boys. So, it wasn't even boy. It was boys. So who do you think wrote that blog post? Well, it would have to be some a hole. Dave Weiner. Oh, you're kidding. The guy is not dumb. He's a very smart guy. Well, he's a huge Obama bot, though. Yeah, no kidding. But the, the people who say this have been programmed. Programmed. This is this is this is actual mind control at work. Anyway, okay. So I'm not crazy, right? Because I, you know, I don't I don't like either of these douchebags. But I'm not crazy. When I hear that, I'm not I'm not thinking. He said, "Boys." He he called him a boy to his face. I mean, if, don't if, forget your reference to douchebags is Romney and Obama, not Weiner. No, no, exactly. Romney. Because I'll create yeah. a few. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, called him a douchebag. You know, called him a douchebag. No, 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 no. I didn't add up. Thank you. Um, but this is uh, this is some form of mind control. And if you Google this, you'll see that lots of people tune into this. And the only thing I can th- say is, if you think this when you hear that sentence. You've got to be a racist yourself. Oh, no, you're a huge racist. There's no no two ways about it. Then you're thinking about That's these the things. Dem- the Democrats are very racist. I mean, let's face it. If Just go take a look in Palo Alto. There's, they got the whole area. All, where all the blacks live, they're across the freeway in East Palo Alto living by themselves, and they don't like them getting over across the – don't go across the freeway. It's like the tracks. <laughs> Stay there. It's Bo- like the tracks. Boys. It's like the whole – across lives across the tracks. And the funny thing is I think a lot of Europeans don't even know that calling someone boy is racial. This is this – And is, that really and, – and in fact, the whole boy th- – I think most people don't even – I think most modern Americans don't know the reference. That reference is way old. Yeah, where is it from? It's from the 40s or the 50s or something. I have no idea. It's way old. I mean, nobody, you know, I think a few people, it's like the references to watermelon and fried chicken <laughs> that, that Richard Pryor used to always like to make right. because it was like a, to continue the, uh, and that's more or less gone away. Yeah. So I know you didn't Google it, uh, but I'm seeing 118 million results for Romney calling Obama boy. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Obama is wow. like a yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling. You. And then Ann Romney, of course, 
compared him to a petulant child. So that's also a boy reference. I'm telling you, did Romney call Obama a boy? Romney calls Obama boy. My goodness, people, get a freaking grip. Yeah, anyway, so that's uh, that's the state of mind-controlled America, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and you that's know, and, a good one. And I was thinking of posting. I'd give a, you clip of the day if there was a clip. <laughs> well, you heard the clip. It's just it's it's not a big deal. The thing is, you know, I saw this on Weiner's blog this morning, and I and I started writing a blog post. I'm like, no, or a, a comment. I'm like, no, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. I, this is not my form. I should not be writing a response to this. I've got to ask John if I'm crazy first. So I'm not, obviously. Ugh. Ugh. Well, that's kind of criminal, I think, to be honest about it. That kind of analysis of, of, of that Weiner would have made, and or anybody else, anybody, would, anybody would, have would made make that, yeah. the assumption that somebody, I, hey, yeah, how about you have any kids? Yeah, I got uh, got two boys and a girl. Ah, ah, you racist! racist. <laughs> You're calling Obama a boy? What? <laughs> I don't have a, a boy named Obama. <laughs> it's just. Oh. It's making me crazy. It's making me crazy when I hear this. Uh, so, I, uh, first of all, let me just say, uh, John, John, in the morning to you, my friend. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and to all our knights out there who have continued to support this show in the best way possible. Yes, indeed. And uh, to Martin J.J., who... Uh, Brought us uh, our art on the previous episode. What is wrong with our other artists at Martin JJ's kicking everybody's I behind? I mean, it's it's not. We like spend a lot of time, by the way, after every single show, going over the art. We do, and we ha- we debate it, and then in fact, and I don't want to make it sound as though we're trying to, you know, even things out a little bit, but. I don't care. But Adam is likes to see other artists get their names up there. After long discussions, just Martin Jajic wins it's, again and again. And and it's just a combination, you know. It's just a combination. In fact, well, no, it's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. But if anything, we have the debate. I'm like, man, we, again, I mean, we got to give someone else a shot, but it's just the best stuff. So keep going at it, people. And always check out all of the art we have on, And I also uh, on the use generator. a different art clip from, for the newsletter. True. Usually this one of true. the ones that came this in second. And I do want to say in the morning to all of the human resources uh, in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, um, who are always there to keep us on the, the straight and narrow and to piss me off from time to time, which is uh, sometimes uh, uh, challenging. So, of course, I did watch the, uh, uh, the vice presidential debate. And um, I, I have a few comments. Uh, I don't know. I, if, had to uh, take, I had to take a couple of cups of hard coffee to keep, stay away through that thing. <laughs> And then Biden, of course, now the big deal is whether Biden, you know, there's two sides. This is amazing how, this is why really seriously voting third party is the way to go. Oh, yeah. Because that way you don't have to deal with this crap. <laughs> I would re- ran into somebody the other day. I said, oh, yeah, what are you voting for? I said, I'm voting for Gary Johnson. Yeah. Says, oh, you're going to waste your vote. Oh, really? The old waste your vote You're going to waste your vote. Oh, me. you're wasting your vote. I said, oh, really? I'm going to waste my vote if I vote for Obama. I'm going to waste my vote if I vote for Romney then. Then who was this how's person? It, how's this any different? I don't care about those two guys. Call, Why should I be voting for either one of them? Call this person out. Who was this? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, we've discussed multiple times uh, that the uh, other candidates are, are not invited into the debate. And this, of yeah, course, the corrupt is debates. Yeah, the corrupt debates that only have two parties of the uh, well, there's at least 15 that we've discussed. However, 
Don King, to, Don King, Don Lemon to the rescue, John. CNN steps up to the plate for us. So you've seen Obama versus Romney and Biden versus Ryan tonight, though a presidential debate you won't see anywhere else. Two presidential candidates not afraid to speak their minds about the issues that matter most. So now I'm getting excited. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to do a, a, a presidential debate between two other candidates. This is huge. Jerry Johnson, Libertarian Party nominee, and Jill Stein. I'm like, we're going to have the stage. We're going to have the audience. We're going to have Don Lemon as moderator. You know, I'm getting moist just thinking about it. Green Party nominee. They weren't allowed in the official debate, so we brought them here so they could add their voices to the national discussion. Now, John, can you can you understand my excitement at this point? I just I'm I'm, I'm like yeah, oh my god! Apparently, we're suckered. Go we're going to cover a lot of topics from the economy to social issues, but as third, even fourth party candidates, I decided to start with the obvious question: though. why are you running? I'm running as a mother and. And now they edit to a Skype conversation. She's she's on Skype, and Gary Johnson's a medical uh, doctor. He's like uh, in some other room. They have a a, a, a try screen up. This is not a debate. And I've been an activist. And, and, and let's just listen to Jill Stein for a moment. Really, people ask me what kind of medicine. No, listen, I'm because she's no good. Political medicine, because it's the mother of all illnesses, and we got to fix this one in order to fix everything else that ails us. But what propelled me into this race was when the president put Medicare and Social Security on the chopping block as the solution to the debt ceiling crisis uh, a year ago. So I'm basically in this to ensure that everyday people have a voice in this election and a choice at the polls that's not bought and paid for by Wall Street. Now, this is like, whoa, you're so boring, Jill Stein. You have no platform. You, all you're doing is, well, I don't like what they're doing. You have no message. And to ensure that we can put forward the solutions American people are clamoring for. Now, let's listen to Gary Johnson. That was a little bit longer than 30 seconds. I didn't give you the time, but let's do... We'll, we'll, no, we'll, we'll, try to let Gary, we'll try to let Gary... We'll give him a minute or so to do it, but if you can... Now, you ready, John? Because, uh, you know, I'm still on the fence between Roseanne Barr and Gary Johnson. <laughs> yeah. But I think Gary Johnson clinches it with uh, with this uh, performance in his CNN third-party debate. Do it in 30 okay. seconds, Gary. So um, why do you feel you'd be best suited to, to run the country, and why are you running? Well, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think I could do a really good job at being president of the United States. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, two-term governor of New Mexico, I think very successfully at that. And the differences between myself and other candidates, look, let's not bomb Iran, let's get out of Afghanistan now, bring the troops home. I think that marriage equality is a constitutionally guaranteed right. Let's end the drug wars, let's legalize marijuana now. <laughs> I would have never signed the National Defense Authorization <laughs> Act. I would repeal the Patriot Act. I think that we need to balance the federal budget now or we're going to find ourselves in a monetary collapse. And let's abolish the IRS uh, and eliminate income tax and corporate tax. All that right. will reboot the American economy. Tens of millions of jobs get created in a zero corporate tax rate environment. How good is that guy? Yeah, just, you don't want him up there debating. The only thing I, only thing he didn't say was hookers and blow for everybody. I mean, that's the only thing I was missing. That guy's great. Well, it's all the good it does. Right. Now, how funny would it be, though, if you had that debate? If you had, like, Biden, oh, Biden or, uh, or uh, what's that? Uh, Obama. No, Obama. Obama or, uh, or Romney against Gary Johnson. It, w it would be, like, no contest. 
Because the only yeah, thing- no, he would he would wipe the room with those two guys. Those two guys are stooges. Yeah. They're stooges yeah. for the military industrial complex. It's so apparent. Yeah, they 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 didn't do anything. I mean, Obama just essentially, uh, like somebody said to me, uh, so who are you going to vote for in that 2008 election? I said, I don't know. I think I'm going to vote for McCain. Don't vote for McCain because if you vote for McCain, these wars are going to drag on. They're never going to repeal the Patriot Act. The economy's probably going to get worse and worse. And I said, <laughs> well, maybe. And it turns out he was right. Yes. I voted for McCain. The economy got worse. And, you know, that joke. I know it's an old joke. So the only thing, uh, well, there's a couple things. Biden uh, had a big fat lie. A big, big lie that I was surprised that I have not the heard. One? He had a bunch of bull crap in there. Well, I, but I, there was like a really big one. Um, Which one do you think? Well, listen to this audio. They talk about this great recession. If it fell out of the sky, like, oh, my goodness, where did it come from? It came from this man voting to put two wars in a credit card to, at the same time, put a prescription drug benefit in the credit card. A, a trillion-dollar tax cut for very wealthy. I was there. I voted against them. I said, no, we can't afford that. Now, did I hear him just say that he voted against the wars, the two wars that we put on the credit card? <laughs> Is that what I heard him say, John? Just want to make yeah, sure. that's what he said. Okay, let me just see. But wait, wait, but wait. If you parse it, if you parse it carefully, yeah, it may be that he really said he voted against the one thing that he said at the end of his little list. No, but he says he says I voted against them. So that would try be to get, try it again. I bet says I voted against it. They talk about this great recession if it fell out of the sky, like, oh, my goodness, where did it come from? It came from this man voting to put two wars in a credit card to, at the same time, put a prescription drug benefit in the credit card, a, a trillion-dollar tax cut for very wealthy. I was there. I voted against them. I said, them. no, we can't afford that. I voted against them. Yeah, vague. Okay, well, just wanted to point out that uh, on uh, Joint Resolution 23, September 14th, 2001, uh, Joe O'Biden voted yay. And on the Iraqi vote, uh, Joe O'Biden voted yay. So, it, so unless I misunderstood, which is possible, but it sure sounded to me like he was saying, I was there, my friends. I was there. I voted against it. I voted against it. Well, he voted for them. So Yeah, well, that that's was... a lie. Well, he also, apparently, Rupert Murdoch took him to task on his Twitter feed, which I actually <laughs> now believe he's actually writing. <laughs> okay. Because he got nothing else to do. He says it's bull crap. He says Obama and Netanyahu aren't the best of friends, as though Biden made it sound. Oh, right. Oh, they're, really... they're chatting all the time. In fact, they're, I, they're, they're drinking together. They're on Facebook. They're Facebook friends. <laughs> chatting it up. They're on Mumble, I hear. Yeah, uh, okay, so so um, there was some uh, really uh, – I mean, I, I, I lost the kind of interest in watching when – when these guys, they, they don't even understand the basic principles of what their jobs are or what their their boss's jobs are. Uh, here's uh, the question came to Ryan. They not have waited for Russia to give us the green light at the U.N. Russia to do something. about. They're, they're still arming the man. Iran is flying flights over Iraq. And the opposition help, is being to help, armed. To help Bashar Assad. And by the way, if we had the status of forces agreement that the vice president said he would bet his vice presidency on in Iraq, we probably would have been able to prevent that. But he failed to achieve that as well. Again, let, let, let me here ask comes you, the question. What's your criteria for intervention? Okay, so the, the question is, what is your criteria for <clears throat> intervention in, uh, in Syria? There is only one, but we'll listen to what Ryan says. In Syria? 
worldwide. Oh, what is in the national interest of the American people? What? Wrong. I'm sorry. That is wrong. That is only if Congress votes to go to war. There's no other criteria. The people, the people, not you, douchey. Only the people can do that. Now, let's listen to uh, a very egregious statement by O'Biden. What would you say to that American hero about this campaign? And at the end of the day, are you ever embarrassed by the tone? Vice President Biden. Uh, I would say to him the same thing I say to my son who did serve a year in Iraq, that uh, we only have one truly sacred obligation uh, only one truly sacred obligation as a government as a government that's to equip those we send into harm's way and care for those who come home now, now i'm sorry that is wrong <laughs> that should be to defend the constitution that is the only sacred thing you have you douche these, <laughs> these things really get me when i hear them say this i'm like how can you how can you do this how can you do these things? This is just, it's so nasty. Well, for one thing, the Constitution is being marginalized on a daily basis, so we can just yes. get rid of it. But I did learn something. And I'm surprised that, uh, well, maybe, you, I mean, I learned what the fighting season is all about. Didn't oh, you? the fighting season. Yes. To illustrate the issue here, uh, because I think this can get a little confusing. Um, we've all met with General Allen and General Scaparati in Afghanistan to talk about fighting seasons. Here's the way it works. Gosh, I'm like, whoa, we're going to get an explanation. Oh, I missed this. Mm -hmm. This filling with snow, the Taliban and the terrorists and the Akani and the Kedashura come over from Pakistan to fight our men and women. When it fills in with snow, they can't do it. That's what we call fighting seasons. In the warm months, fighting gets really high. Mm. In the winter, it goes down. And so when Admiral Mullen... And General Petraeus came to Congress and said, if you pull these people out before the fighting season is end, it puts people more... I like that grammar. If you pull these people out before the fighting season is end, uh, you could say over or has ended, but fighting season is end? Is uh, Something's wrong with your programming, sir. We're at risk. That's the problem. Yes, we drew 22,000 troops down last month, but the remaining troops that are there who still have the same mission to prosecute counterinsurgency are doing it with fewer people. That makes them less... Now, here's where it got really interesting. Same now, mission to prosecute. Oh, yeah. The wording is beautiful. Is beautiful. Yeah, he's got a weird way of saying things. Well, some of it's just grammatically incorrect. But now they get into a little tit-for-tat, which had me thinking about something. Hey, we're sending fewer people out in all these hotspots to do the same job that they were supposed to do a month ago, because we but we took 22,000 people out turned for them to do it. over to the Afghan troops we trained. No one got pulled out that didn't get filled in by trained Afghan personnel. And he's, confl he's, uh, he's conflating two issues. The fighting season that Petraeus was talking about. Is that uh, correct, conflating? As in yeah. Is it like, is it a conflagration or conflating? I never heard the word uh, conflate. I've heard it, conflate. but I don't think he's used it right. Let's look it up. Yes, this is a very good idea. The book of what does conflate mean? Conflate definition. Hmm. Conflate to combine. No, it's actually a very good, uh, very good use of the word. To conflate, to combine. Yeah, okay. Oh, we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. They did well. Yes. <laughs> we will take that as a correct answer. Former Ad Admiral Mullen was the fighting season this spring. 
Oh. That's what he was talking about. We did not, we did not pull them out. The calendar works the same every year. <laughs> it does work the same every year. And we're Spring, not summer, there. fall. <laughs> it's warm or it's not. So I, when I heard that, I thought. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All right, long way to go for a joke. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so well, that was just the worst debate ever. It was. It was. Pretty and then bad. oh, Biden yucking it up, and I'm surprised. You know, all all Ryan had to do was stop and look at him while he was mugging, and say to him, "What are you what, doing? What are you? What are you, what are you doing? What's wrong with your face?" I mean, why didn't he call him out and just stop and and or say something like, "Are you done yet?" or anything? I mean, he could have called him out as a little kid, yeah, by just stopping and looking at him because he had to see him because the way the table was set up, he had to see him rolling his eyes and giving that big dumb smile, laughing, <laughs> yeah, and all the rest of it. But he yeah. didn't do anything. He's just such a weenie, yeah. Um, well, and and it's interesting if uh, who was I think Kraut Krautheimer Krauthammer. He said, uh, "This you would hear. You would interpret this debate one way if you only read the transcript. You would right. interpret it another way if you, um, if, you if you if you heard it on te- on radio, because of course you wouldn't see uh, O'Biden making all the grimacing faces and laughing and yucking it up. And on television, of course, it was very. I thought I found it to be very uncomfortable. You know, it's one thing if you think somebody's lying. Um, it's another thing to just you know." <laughs> Keep smiling about it. It's creepy. Just creepy. No, it's totally creepy. creepy. The guy's creepy. But Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, he's on the uh, the Lean Forward uh, Obama channel. Yeah. MSNB on Obama. It's M- <laughs> MSDNC channel. MS, MSNB, MSNBC Obama channel. Uh, he, has a, he, has, he has an idea. He knows how to fix all of this. He thinks we should change the rules of the debate. The debates now put candidates through ridiculous memorization tests, tests that have nothing to do with the job of being president. What? A memorization <laughs> test? Really? Really? Is it, maybe your guy is on a memorization trip. There will always be staff present to remind the president or, br- or brief the president on whatever <laughs> he or she needs to remember or know. Or to change his batteries. Which is why, to return to the protocol of senators debating in the Senate chamber, each candidate should be allowed at least one staff member to sit beside the candidate yeah. throughout the debate. <laughs> How crazy like is that? Your lawyer whisper in your ear. <laughs> it is not even slightly distracting to Senate debates to have a silent staff met member sitting beside the senator, as you see every day on C-SPAN, oh. handing the senator a document that will support what the senator is about to say. I used to be one of those people in the staff chair on the Senate floor <laughs> or in hearings. And this is this is nuts. And I and I'm telling you that this is they're really considering making this change because oh you know. It can't have somebody remembering. Hey, why don't you just give the guy his teleprompter? Just, just put teleprompters. That'd be great. Who needs it? Well, wait a minute. Is he suggesting that what 
that everyone do what Bush did in the last debate and have that thing in his transmitter, ear. The transmitter, exactly. Well, it goes even yeah. further. So is that what he wants? And Obama, you, you, you said that he might have had one in his la- in the last debate. He wants, uh, he wants to Which go would even- have made sense. That's why he had to keep looking down so he could listen to the guy. <laughs> He's like, hold on a second. I can't, I can't hear you. He, uh, Larry uh, here suggests even more. Some friends of mine who were watching on C-SPAN didn't even notice me. That's how invisible staff can be in government, but they are absolutely uh. essential in government. The president is never alone with a decision, and you would never want him to be. <laughs> what is this? This guy's on drugs, and he's oh, not he's sharing, terrible. and he's not sharing his drugs. It's just nuts. Uh, meanwhile, of course, um, uh, Biden really made a big mistake. And uh, and his biggest mistake was throwing Hillary Clinton under the bus. Uh, you may or may well, not have I, caught this. I, I'm subscribing to the notion, I think you might be too, which is that Hillary is trying to uh, derail the the Obama re-election so she has a better shot at 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I think they're becoming aware of this. <laughs> and they're fighting back. Yeah. So this is from the uh, uh, the press, of course, is completely complicit in this. And they, they know their role. Uh, this was Spokeshole Carney uh, trying to defend um, his man uh, versus uh, the press saying, well, you know, uh, how could how could Biden say that they didn't know more security had been requested uh, even though he knew that security had been requested when he did the debate, because that had already been out in testimony, uh, uh, in that four-hour testimony. But he's still saying, hey, we didn't know, we didn't know. And Carney is basically saying, it's Clinton's job. Jay, um, I wanted to ask you about Libya and the vice president's uh, response yesterday in the debate. Martha Raddatz uh, mentioned to him that U.S. officials in Libya had asked for more security there, and the vice president replied, well, we weren't told they wanted more security there. We did not know they wanted more security again. Um, that, that wasn't the testimony at the oversight hearing on Wednesday, though. Charlene Lamb conceded that she had refused uh, requests for more security. So I'm wondering, what, what did the vice president mean? Did, what did he mean by we? Did he mean the administration? Did he mean the White House? Did he, mean his he, he was speaking directly for himself and for the president. He meant the White House. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure we understand that. It was, you know, they, they, these guys don't hear anything. We don't know anything. We just sit up here in our little White House. Yeah. We, we didn't know We got those that. guys talking in our ear, but I guess they don't talk loud enough. <laughs> no. Uh, that's about all I had on the debate. I think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and it means nothing. I guess there's the next debate. What is Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday is the next debate. Uh, yep. It'll be interesting to see how Obama does on this one. Uh, we want to make predictions? Well, I think we predicted pretty well that O'Biden was going to bring up the 47%, and he did. He did, yeah. And you made some prediction that somebody on Twitter went crazy about saying you were unbelievably <laughs> visionary for coming up with something. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I am I am visionary. I am visionary, I tell you. I see into the future. <laughs> well, something happened. And um, and I'm not quite sure if because here's what I think is going on. We have the uh, the Benghazi situation, of course, Benghazi Gate, as we're calling it now, Benghazi Gate. Uh, that is uh, the meme we want to put out there. 
because this, of course, would be great to have this conversation um, during the next debate. So you can see the entire move, the push, like, oh, let's uh, they were lying. They were covering up. You know, this is this is this has got to come out to the forefront of the uh, of the debate on Tuesday. And um, the so that would be the Republican side. The Democratic side is uh, trying to thwart that. And somehow someone gave the wrong message to uh, Al Zawahiri. Um, you know, he's the is he now is he now the the new number one in uh, in Al Qaeda or is he still number two? I don't uh, really keep a, a I, don't, I don't subscribe to Ring Magazine anymore, so I don't know where he sits in the World Championship uh, scale there. But he uh, he definitely has gotten the wrong memo. Tonight we're hearing from Al Qaeda's leader for the first time since September 11th. In an audio posted to a website, Ayman al-Zawahri urges Muslims to wage holy war against the U.S. and Israel. Over That's that new? What? No. no. Never heard of such a thing. Don't step on it. Right. To wage holy war against the U.S. and Israel over that YouTube video that mocked the Prophet Muhammad. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He got the wrong script. <laughs> uh, what an idiot. Yeah, so you know now now we know the guys on someone's payroll, but someone's not communicating properly. Yeah, they're not getting these memos around fast enough. How dumb is that? No, dude, Ixnay on the idiove. What are you saying? <laughs> and even the fact that this report says on a site somewhere, nondescript, just on a site he said yeah, yeah, and they, they they never have the the actual video. They just have some B roll and just tell you what they think the guy said according to some kind of intelligence. But uh, I mean, you know, this is this is wrong. <laughs> this is really stupid. So the video thing's on the on the back burner. So what do you think? I think that what's going to happen uh, is I think the Democrats are uh, are maybe. Although I don't think Hillary thinks it's such a great idea because she's going to take a lot of heat for this, but which isn't good. But for her, uh, I think that anything to get the conversation off the economy, oh yeah, with uh, benefits yeah. to Democrats, big deal. Well, um, hmm. yeah, but but the, the the Benghazi thing is is tough because I don't think the public cares at all. Oh, oh, I'm not going to argue whether the public cares, but I think the uh, the campaigns believe it matters. Yeah, I, I think they do, but I think they're wrong. Uh huh. What does the public care about? They care about getting, you know, having a job, getting more money than they made last year. I mean, that's right. all the public cares about. Right. right. And they're not making more money than they made last year, or the year before, or the year before, and they want to be able to sell and buy houses. They can't do that. The banks aren't lending money. I mean, those are the issues that the people care about, and right. they don't care about Benghazi. They have, you know, you could go out in the street right now and, and interview a hundred people, and I would say. 99 of them would not even know where Benghazi is or <laughs> ever heard of it. Yeah. yeah. You're probably right. And the one guy would probably be wrong that he had something to say. So what, so are you saying that uh, both candidates actually want to focus on uh, on things other than the economy? or No, no. The, Rep no, the Republicans are being suckered left and right mm -hmm. into focusing on the wrong well, things. Okay, and the point. Democrats yep. just yep. love to... The Democrats love anything but talking about the economy. Right. Good point. Good point. So they'll be contrite and say mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. It won't happen again. 
and we got to get we're, we're moving our troops out of Afghanistan in 2014, and all foreign policy right, stuff. And the next right. debate, by the way, is about foreign policy, which means it's going to be really bad. Right? It's going to be just dull. <laughs> I mean, the first debate was about domestic policy, and I. What, tell me, remember the first debate? No, what was, what, I don't. What, I don't. What was important? That I, was I don't. Discussed? I don't remember anything. I don't remember a single. Not. I don't remember a single thing they talked about. We no, I don't remember anything either. We did have a huge distraction. They 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 floated a little trial balloon. They tried to do this again. Stuart Holm as well uh, for staying with us for the the next hour. We do have to start tonight. Get notice is the MSNBC Obama channel again. Uh, with some breaking news, we have some more details for you about the breaking news that is just in tonight. Breaking news! Breaking news! More details on the breaking news is breaking news. John, I stand by. I got to tell you, it's breaking news. Okay, Mad Cow, what is it about this shot? This gunshot. Shot uh, fired at the Obama campaign's headquarters in Denver, Colorado, late today. These are pictures uh, that we've got of, of the shattered window front of the Obama campaign office. According to the reports that we have so far, there were people inside the campaign office Woo! at the time of this incident, which is in part what makes this a story of national significance. Really? What? <laughs> really? Uh, that was national, national significance. significance because someone was around a bullet. Hey. Hey, come to Oakland, lady. <laughs> National significance. Come to Oakland. Ladies and gentlemen. Come you... to Oakland where the Occupy people rammed the Obama campaign headquarters and they busted into the place and tore it up. How about that? They didn't cover that, did they, on MSNBC? It was not of national significance. Yeah, it seems like it was to me, but no. No, a, a, a stray bullet. I think it was white supremacists. John. Well, I was. I think the story would have been better if somebody had put a swastika on. The, <laughs> on no, thing. no, swastikas are not for. No, we it don't. It could have do. been the Obama campaign. Nobody was hurt. That's because everyone was told the bullets coming. Through. No, no. You see, the bullet went from the inside out. <laughs> Good, yeah, <laughs> that's the way I see it. And they had the. I don't. I didn't. I didn't clip it, but they had the cops on. Now, normally in this type of story, the cop was like, you know, it was a nine millimeter, it was an AK forty seven, it was, you know, uh, you know, a getaway car. Nothing of that. Just no one got hit. That's it. That's all the cops are saying. No details. And of course, the story went nowhere. It was a trial balloon. They've do, they've done this before. We've seen this. Trying to distract it. That's the, for the thing I'm still waiting for. Will there be another? Because you know, there's so there's such megalomaniacs there in the White House that they probably want to distract from the economy and from Benghazi. So they'll try and come up with something else to change. Uh, the story, and I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they. I think they got a winner with this Benghazi thing. Hmm. Okay, because let it, let us suck up all the all the cycles and screw it. Who cares? <laughs> Interesting. Which which could also make us think that uh, it was. It's always been in their interest from the get go to have this Benghazi thing happen. Maybe they had to get rid of that guy. Hmm. I mean, it's like Serpico. <laughs> Explain the Serpico. Serpico, the movie. Yeah. Serpico was a very famous police officer who was, uh, I guess, in New York, New York City or Jersey. I think it was New York. No, no, he was New, New Jersey. He was a Jersey yeah. cop. And he was, a, he was like a straight, he was a, a not corrupt. Yeah. And so he wouldn't take bribes. He wouldn't do all this stuff. But it, but there was a known fact that a lot of drug dealing, all this stuff was going on. It was under, right under the police's watch because they were just taking money. But he wouldn't do it. And so one day he was sent off to some bus somewhere where he's supposed to have all his backup, and nobody showed up. <laughs> and it's like, hey, you're on your own, <laughs> asshole. And so uh, they almost killed him. Do you know where he and, lives now? Uh, 
Huh? Fra- you know where Frank Serpico lives now? Where? Amsterdam. Oh, does he? Really? Yeah, yeah he's, he's laying low in Amsterdam. Yeah, people still want to kill him. Well, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So anyway, so this guy may have been in that boat. I mean, even though I still think it was a botched kidnapping, but it's all no, these possibilities. I'm, I'm, I'm Anything that they're that. reporting, we just know that's wrong. Yeah. So we have to just assume that, uh, you know, any of these theories that, that are possibilities are probably one of them is more likely to be correct. But obviously they didn't send them, send any extra help there. And this whole thing was in the dead of night. I mean, the whole, it's fishy from the get-go. Yeah. So, I, but I think it's a great distraction for them because it takes the public does not care at all. <laughs> no, we just care about eating and honey boo boo. <laughs> hey, that's that that has been banned from this uh, no, no, from the airways. Clips, clips are banned. Oh, okay. Now you can you can say the name honey boo boo. I don't know, but you know the voice is kicking everyone's ass. So honey boo boo is. Uh, it's just it's a case. No, the Honey it's, Boo Boo is a reality show. They're on cable. Yes. So the voice isn't really competing with it. If Duck Dynasty is kicking Honey Boo Boo's ass. Oh, Duck Dynasty's a winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the guy? The, the, no. The great duck, <laughs> no. No. I don't watch it. I got, oh, no. There's a clip. They had the Duck <laughs> Dynasty. I think it was on The View or something. Oh, uh, no. I got other things I, to I do. I wish I had this clip. I <laughs> saw it. I didn't clip it. I don't know why. They got the guy on The View. He's a big... He's a... Oh, oh. And somebody asked him... Somebody, somebody asked him, what is it that scares you? And the guy goes, uh, chlamydia? <laughs> Really? <laughs> so the guy's a comedian. That's no, he's good. just an idiot. Hey, let's thank our uh, producers before we go any further. We've been yapping way too long. Uh, uh, oh boy, do we have any producers? Uh, we be- well, we luckily we got at Insta tonight, which is a big deal. Oh, thank and, goodness. Uh, and but generally speaking, I would say this this particular show is quite light, right? And which is unfortunate. But uh, there you go. But this is what happens. Meanwhile, uh, I'm downloading it. <laughs> oh really? Well, I, it's just, this is I'm using I'm using uh, Chrome, and uh, normally when I was using uh, uh, it, we always just automatically download. But this no, I got to click on something. All right, so we have one executive producer, our Instant Night, and one associate executive producer, and that's it. So uh, our Instant Night is uh, Sir. Well, will be. Oh, he's already a sir. Well, okay. Well, it's yeah, anyway, no, he's, Ryan. He's doubling down, man. Brian Bemrose or Ryan Bemrose in Everett, Washington, the thousand. Uh, the text is supposed to go with my donation. Every October, my company has a giving campaign where they badger their employees into donating to a charity. By the way, I worked for Union Oil, and they did that to us. Hmm. Uh, it, it was like, uh, and it was, and in fact, he mentions who it was. Um, Hold on one second. Okay. Since I can't stomach the thought of my hard tax dollars going to the United Way or the Clinton Foundation, <laughs> I'm instead instead sending it to no agenda, though I don't expect a matching contribution from the company. <laughs> the only thing I ask in return is some karma for Dame Lisa as she continues her, her battle with MS. Uh. With all the drugs the doctors have prescribed, this place is starting to feel like a Pfizer commercial. All right. Well, we definitely will hand out some F the MS karma. You've got... Karma. Thank you very much for your now, now, when I was working at uh, Union, Union Oil as a youngster, mm-hmm. uh, they had United Way. It was United Way, which is exactly what he says. They had the, the yearly 
fundraising for God knows what. We right. never knew. And it was like you donated or, you know, because it was every apparently every manager and my I guess my supervisor had to make sure that they got X numbers of dollars or else. <laughs> or else, or else what? Oh, is that I don't know. It was his bonus or he wouldn't get a raise or they wouldn't talk to him again or they wouldn't be. They had to sit is in the it, corner. Is this like a well, let, me ask no you this. let me ask you this. Is this like a union thing? Is no, no, this was, we're non-union. It was a non-union oh. uh, department. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sir Ryan. That is uh, so incredibly nice of you, uh, and power to Dane Lisa there. Thank you for doubling down on the best podcast in the universe. It really did help, particularly uh, today. We knew it was going to be light, uh, so we're happy that you checked in. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, Thomas Weiler is our associate executive producer, now becomes a knight with uh, $240.79, and he's in Oder Dreisbach. Which I believe is in Deutschland. Get, get nation, Deutschland, yeah. Um, I reached him out of 10, 11, 12. I can't wait to get my precious ring. I love and enjoy your podcast since day one. It's truly the best podcast in the universe and a big part of the daily commute. The visa karma I asked for in 427 worked very well. I have a five and a half weeks in the USA this, this summer. Could you please send me some good luck karma for a new band I'm with? called 77 Bombay Street. They're four talented brothers, and it's big fun to work as a sound engineer and backliner for them. Check out their website, 77bombaystreet.com. Since a year ago, I started listening to the Joe Rogan show as well. I think, Adam, you should get in that show on that show as a guest. She tries. Yeah. If you could send my karma-hot milf little girl, Stay Zito Shavo, jingle, uh, I love you guys, uh, Thomas Weiler, a.k.a. Weilisau. Oh, okay. he's, in Sw- he's in Swiss. He's in Switzerland. Oh, so well, let me see. How does he want Over this? Dreisbach, Swiss. He wants one hot milf, little girl. So that's the, uh, okay, shut up, Slay. Okay, let me see if I can do this. Uh, I'm sure we can one way or the other. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. Shut up, Slay. You've got... Karma. Nailed it. That was good. Anyway, that concludes our uh, producer segment, unfortunately, for this show. Four, five, two. And we uh, will probably, hopefully, pick up a little bit of steam uh, on the next show as we approach the uh, fifth anniversary, which is on October 26th of this month. It's a big deal. Five years of doing this uh, deconstruction. Five years. And still nobody can, can come close to what we do. And, and we never had a fight. And we still, we've had a couple of fights. <laughs> and we still have uh, people that say, oh, I don't know, these guys are crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. And all we do is read the bills and we, we tell what's in the bill that somebody else has fallen all over themselves about. And we say, look, here's what it's really about. How does that crazy? All you do is... A little home, the homework, eh, which is a term I don't like. Yeah. Not necessarily some some people call it, a, uh, what's the word? A j, j, um, oh, journalism. That's it. Actually looking at things, you know, looking at indictments, reading through them, uh, watching C-SPAN, seeing what people actually say, yeah. recording what they say, and then and then calling them on it, yeah. finding that, you know, Joe Biden says he didn't vote for the two, <laughs> two wars on a credit card. Which he, he did. Which he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got some of that stuff. I've done some government legislation analysis today. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got a doozy for you. The only thing I came up with, I was hoping to find some good stuff with those Russians down in Houston there that were indicted as oh, spies. Oh, let me talk. I'll, hold on a second. First, the reminder for everyone, uh, we have the 5555 donation level uh, for our fifth anniversary, October 26th. So please go to Dvorak.org. Slash and if there's nothing for you to donate so far, it's okay because you can always go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Receiving information on uh, on this. Uh, now, who do we know in the Dallas area who's Russian? Who? Sergin Naftuliev. Oh, that's, he's. I didn't know he was in Dallas. Yeah. He, and he, he, dude, he he. <laughs> I don't know which agency he works for, but <laughs> he was responsible for this takedown, one way or the other. I know he was involved in it. The, he, this is what he does. And when, if you ever meet the guy, I hope you do, you'll be like, uh, okay, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those guys you let, meet. You let, go, me, let, me, let, me, let me give you a clue oh, about I get him. it now. He, he lives alone with his pet python. Are you getting? Are you getting a picture of Sir I'm Gene? getting there. Okay. Yeah. Is, is he tall, short, thin, heavy? He, you don't want to. You don't want to bump into him in a dark alley. Let's put it that way. He's a sweetheart, though. And don't get me wrong. Total sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. Just, just don't be rushing on the wrong side of him. That, that would be kind of bad. No. So I, I ran into a legal blog. Uh, export, export, ex. Export law blog or something like that. The guy's like, he says this is a bunch of bull crap, this uh, uh, indictment, because they're mostly nailing these guys for not registering as foreign agents. Which all, all spies have to do. Yeah, but no. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. You, you, no, in, no. If in every really country. In, no, you look. No, no. This guy explained something. I, I didn't. Okay, okay, okay. Let me just make sure that, that we have an understanding here, that that I have no knowledge of this. That uh, each country has agents and they have to register. And, of course, they yeah, have unregistered there, agents. But the idea is all your agents are supposed to be registered. That is the general Geneva Convention law. No. Ah, okay. All right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no family history. Uh, the way this – if you look at uh, – I'd have to go find that post. But the reason for registering – it's not because he's <laughs> – <laughs> This is not you're wrong. Okay, I'm wrong. All right, I'm wrong. The whole the thing was in the 30s when they when they came up with this registering as a foreign agent. It was to keep propagandists out of Washington D.C. It wasn't for export guys because if you're exporting to a foreign country, which everybody does, Caterpillar, they, the the way this indictment went down is it's to say as if okay, if he has to be, if they have to register as foreign agents for exporting uh, processor, or I didn't even by the way there was no processor chips involved. It was it was memory chips and uh, DDA converters. That's all they were set. And by the way, to the tune of fifty million dollars since two thousand and eight. Why now was this uh, bust? taking place uh now i looked up all the parts to see what they were exporting and yes they were militarized so well I'm, I'm isn't, isn't that your answer right there then because they were militarized well 
We're in a, no, we're in a I, proxy it, war with Russia. I mean, you, yeah, I think we yeah, agree with I this. I think because they've been sending, they've been shipping parts since 2008 that they come up out of the blue and bust these guys. I think it is part of the proxy war. Yes. It's like, hey, uh, I, we got an idea. Hey, yo, because for one thing, you could take a look at the at the bag of parts, and you could. It looks to me as though they were shipping stuff for uh, testing, because there were too many different D to A converters. It's not like how many of these things do you need? Uh, I mean, it wasn't like they had shipping b- buckets full of one br- one type. There was all these different ones. And what is it? What is a DDA? Is it, so that's digital to analog, analog. converter. What what, yeah. what would that be used for? Typically? Well, you'd use it for like if you have a fin that you have to move on a missile. You know the <laughs> oh, one of those digital information that has to be turned into a Turn into left. a gear and you know has to move it around. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you know, it. like that, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. All right. So that you need DDA converters, a lot of DDA converters. And then right. they had all the memory chips that they were ordering were all militarized. In other words, they were the hardened type of memory right. that has right. can work under extreme conditions. Right. Uh, but, you know, yeah, the bag of parts looks pretty sketchy. But they've been doing it since 2008, and they've been doing like a – they do a big business, this whole family, a bunch of these people. So I think it's – a. I think it's part – the whole thing is I, – I wouldn't be surprised if they got off eventually. But but meanwhile, the, the indictment wants to confiscate everything. They have all their bank accounts listed. They're taking all their money. They have all their houses and all their offices listed. They're taking all that. You know the way they operate? <laughs> yeah, 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 taking of course, everything. Of course. Hey, we're taking your stuff. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. Anyway, there is a report that I have on the clips mm-hmm. that came from – I figured that if I'm going to get a clip about this, I'm going to get the Russia Today clip because that will be the most slanted. Um, you can play that, and it gives the people a background on what we're talking about. Um, I don't have one specifically. The only one that says Russia Today is Turkey, so you can have to help yeah, me Yeah, no, out. it's another clip. It's uh, something labeled very clearly, I'm sure. Yeah, let's see. Russia Today <laughs> and Turkey, salt positioning. New Riot Russian spies. How about that one? That would make it. Yeah, okay. It's so clearly RT. But what we've seen is a statement being issued by the Russian Foreign Ministry regarding the four Russian citizens currently still in custody who are being charged with the illegal export of military technology. The Foreign Ministry is suggesting that these four Russians are being put under extreme psychological and moral pressure in order to get them to sign confessions. The Foreign Ministry is also wanting a review of the decision to deny these four Russian citizens bail. It has taken the media by storm a little bit. It has been all over the media. This is some kind of spy scandal. This is dismissed by the the foreign ministry. They say all you have to do is look at the charges that have been levelled against these four Russian citizens. They're criminal charges. The families of these uh, Russian citizens have been expressing concern over the way that they're being treated while they're in custody. There's been suggestions that they're being forced to sleep on the floor, that uh, they're in very crowded cells. These four Russian citizens were picked up on the 3rd of October as part of a group of 11 people that the FBI wanted to speak to in connection with the export of high-tech technology from the United States to Russia. It's believed that technology has a, a potential a military use. They were picked up in Houston in Texas. Over the next few days, they're going to be moved to New York, where the first hearings on this case will be heard next week. Do you think they could make it clear that they were citizens any more than they already did? There's that. And of course, and they did. They left out the waterboarding part, which may or may not have taken place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, no, this is part of whatever scheme, whatever. This is getting worse by the minute. This this action between the United States and Russia, mm-hmm. and it's coming very, it's becoming very clear how uh, nasty it's getting because Russia today has its own channel now, by the way, an own network on uh, on the dish. Yeah, and it's all really has gone. They've cranked up the propaganda. I mean, it's really propagandistic more than <clears throat> much more than it was a year ago. But I, I think in general you can say that about everything on cable. We have uh, RT is completely uh, pro uh, pro Russia, screw America, and they and they hammer on all the things we like. I have to say, you know, NDAA, you know, drones. You know, there's, there's, there's essentially. I mean, we could be we could work for the Russians in that regard. Yeah, you know, it's what bothers me. Yeah, then we have um, uh, MSNBC least, yeah. Obama channel. Uh, they are. I mean, they're not. They're not even uh, apologizing for it. No, and if you get that idiot Ed Schultz, that guy goes crazy. Oh, yeah, you know, he yeah. just screams and he rants about how evil the Republicans are. He's a horrible person. There was something I caught on uh, Current, which uh, and and I and I had to do a little bit of research, and it wasn't all that hard. Um, uh, who do you think Current is working for? I mean, you know, besides for Al Gore. But who do you think they're representing? Because they must represent. They can't just be completely. When you hear the report, they're not an Obama. They they have the, some of the old Obama bot people from MSNBC, so we know that mm-hmm. they're on that side of things. But I would say more Hillary. Well, I, I, I'm going to say it may be more Obama than you think. Listen to this report. And then uh, I I did a little bit of deconstruction of it, and we'll see where this is all coming from. First time ever, warehouse employees at Walmart stores are uh, walking out and striking. And this is a very big deal because we've heard a lot of drama with Walmart. You know, they refuse to unionize their workers. Uh, they refuse to pay them a fair wage for their hard work. Um, and a lot of employees are now ty- so tired of it that they're willing to risk their jobs to walk out and do the strike. Okay, so... Uh, 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 Can I say something first? Yeah. Walmart isn't refusing to unionize their workers. Thank you. Yep, that's a good point. You're you're catching on. Why would they throw that in there? Oh, they're refusing to reunion. No. (laughs) The the workers themselves have to call create a situation where they can take a ballot and and then decide to unionize and then the, a bunch of laws fall into place there's no company that refuses to unionize their workers or, or wants to unionize their workers unless it's corrupt so that is the first clue so um you know they're asking for something very simple uh, for instance there's one employee who's been there uh he's striking he's been there for three years and he's still making a little over eight dollars eight ninety an hour mm-hmm. okay uh and he's working in the produce section that, by the way that's what i make at mevio uh they're not giving these employees what they need to survive despite the fact that they are massively profitable so, uh, so now, now, you, now this is disguised as news i don't know who this woman is but now chunk's going to come in and chunk has some facts multi-city strike for the first time in walmart's history in the, uh, in the last 50 years and one of the original strikes that began this was uh, in a place for subcontractors as, as they were doing business there. the the factory got to be 120 degrees so the two things they were asking for they weren't asking for like great benefits or even increased salaries. They wanted ceiling fans because it was 120 degrees in there. And they wanted shin guards because those heavy carts that they were pushing around kept running into their shins and they were getting hurt. Okay. So uh, let's just uh, revisit what we've heard here. Walmart evil. 
evil, evil, evil Walmart. They won't let their their workers unionize. All they wanted were some ceiling fans and some shin guards. So I start to I start to research uh, who is organizing this strike. Um, this is an outfit called R Walmart. If you go to forrespect.org, John, F-O-R-R-E-S-P-E-C-T, F-O-R-R-E-S-P-E-C-T, forrespect.org, our Walmart, organization united for respect at Walmart, about us, our Walmart vision. We envision a future in which our company treats us, the associates of Walmart, with respect and dignity. We envision a world where we succeed in our careers, our company succeeds in business, our customers receive great service and value, blah, 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 blah. So uh, I'm looking, you know, I'm look, who, who is this uh, organization? And all it says is Organization United for Respected Walmart, independent, not-for-profit organization for hourly associates. Our organization is not affiliated with Walmart Stores, Inc., et cetera, et cetera. So I do a little who is on them, which, by the way, a Chunk could have done with his TV station there. That yeah, woman could have done it. Yeah, he's got a he's got He's got cameras and people running around. Yeah. Now, let's and, see. And staff. He's got staff. It is the organization United for Respected Walmart. They are located at, uh, I mean, for just a bunch of people who just like, you know, we're workers. We're, we're you know, evil Walmart. We're going to strike. It's a multi-state strike, by the way. It's funny. They have an office at 1775 K Street Northwest in the District of Columbia. That would be the lobbyist uh, street. And and it, this is registered, this uh, domain name, this forrespect.org, by certain... W. O'Neill at UFCW.org. Oh, my. What is the UFCW, John? Uh, I don't know offhand. United Food and Commercial Workers International Union. Hello. Okay. That makes sense. Well, it's the union it was people. Some union. It's the union people. Of course. Yeah, but they're pretending... These these people on current oh, they're TV... they're pretending to be grassroots. So this exactly. Is a, this is a, uh, it's a hijack. Uh, well, no, it's it's a it's a what do you call it? Astroturf, astroturfing. Okay, so who is current TV working for? They can't be completely stupid. I mean, this is so silly. Instead of the report should be, well, it looks like Walmart is trying to unionize, and here's who's helping them with it through this front organization called ForRespect.org. Our Walmart. This is not a not a tough story to bring, and I think it's actually quite exciting. Uh, to see, you know, this is, we know that Walmart. Actually, that's actually more interesting than the story yes. that they're telling. Yes, thank you. Because, you know, these union guys are trying, yeah, because if they could unionize a few Walmarts, these guys, the UF, whatever they are, the UF, UFCW, yeah. They would have, I mean, there's a bonanza in union dues. Thank you, and where does that go to? It goes right to the paying for that expensive office at seven seven five one seven seven five K Street. Yeah, but we also know that I'm uh, looking at it now on the Google thing. You can go down it's now. A nice office. You go right down on the street and look at it. Can you go in? Do they have an inside on the Googles? Not yet, oh. but they have. But they, they're building them up. I, I think it's one of those where you go inside and there has a guy with a big hand saying you can't go any further. Right. Uh, but of course, Obama is uh, is uh, backed by the union, so this is why I think. Uh, uh, current TV is still somehow shilling for Obama. Uh, uh, well, I know Ch Chunk is a big Obama bot, so uh, that's... Uh, Chunk. <laughs> what is his real name? Chunk. <laughs> I don't know. His, uh, I don't know his real name. I think he pronounced it Chenk. Chenk Guri. Oh, Chenk Uger. Chunk is easier. 
Uh, here, here's a looking at our elites of the world. This was very, very funny. So uh, we arrested one banker, I think, and not even really for screwing the the world economy. But this was the the Indian guy, the the Gupta guy, who uh, got nailed for insider trading. Oh yeah, like, you know, he got yeah. I think he was a fall guy, but anyway. Well, uh, now the elites uh, are coming out, and because you know, of course, he's going to get sentenced uh, because he he got nailed for um, uh, for insider trading. Uh, here's a quote from Kofi Annan. Uh, Kofi Annan is uh, the guy who fights for justice. Who actually gave up, but he was fighting for justice in Syria. Uh, Kofi Annan says to the judge, I urge you to recognize Rajat for the good that he has done in this world, to give him the credit that he deserves for helping others, and to take into account his effort to improve the lives of millions of people. Okay. What? Yeah, that's Kofi Annan. But who's next? Bill Gates checks in. I wanted to add my voice to those of other friends and colleagues of Rajat Gupta who are writing to you in order to round out Rajat's profile. <laughs> he says he's, uh, you know, he was, uh, he's on uh, the board of the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So Bill Gates is in there shilling for him. We as a society need more visionaries like Rajat Gupta. Rajat Gupta is no threat to anyone inside or outside the prison fence. No, neither is any other insider trader. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? It might just work. These elite a-holes, they all stick up for each other. Yeah, well, you that's should, pretty wild. You should denounce your Windows machine. You should throw it out the window right now. So uh, it reminds me of the, you know, these people coming out of the woodwork. It reminds me of that, that the Kennedy Bunkport hooker. Uh, am I missing a clip? <laughs> have you, no, I don't have the clip. I, ha, I have but the link. You know link. about the story, though, right? I have the link in the show notes. I, I didn't look at it because I figured it would... You sent, You rarely send me a link, so I just put it in there. I didn't look at it. Tell me the story. Well, there's a hooker who ran a... Uh, I guess she was a personal trainer or or she ran a yoga studio or something in Kennebunkport. That's, and they uh, busted her. Kennedy Bunkport for prostitution. Is, isn't that where so, the uh, where the Kennedys had the compound? That's uh or oh, this may be Kennebunk. Oh. It's not Kennebunk Port, it's Kennebunk. It's right next door. It's okay. the other side of the tracks where the hookers are. <laughs> and I guess she was screwing <laughs> See, everybody. The other side of the bridge, is that possible? Uh, something. Ayo. In the morning. <laughs> I'm glad you thought that was funny. Uh anyway, she was I guess and she she apparently had the bad habit of filming everything. Oh. So she has all these tapes. I hate it when my hookers do that. And all the, all these guys. And the thing goes on, and I, I thought I had a, oh, actually, ah, now I remember where the clip went. I don't have it on my list here. Oh. But, uh, the, there's a report I had. It was, I took it from the YouTube. Anyway, the, uh, they're making a big stink about this because they got, she apparently has a black book with all this stuff, people's names. But I'm watching this report and they're going on and on and on and on and on and on. And then they said, yeah, she's been, you know, she's indicted. It's a misdemeanor in the town. So mm -hmm. this is like nationwide breaking news and it's a crappy misdemeanor. Yeah. <laughs> but this is not a good idea to have black books and videotapes and tell people about it. This is usually how you wind up uh, suicided. <laughs> This is not, yeah, not that's a good true. plan. I think she was an idiot, but yeah, uh, not a good plan at all. This is, but I'm reminded of that. With this, why are these guys coming out of the woodwork to defend Gupta? You know, when they should probably be stay, you know, staying away from it because it sounds to me as though they've got something to do with insider trading. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, right. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. They're worried that he might blow the whistle on them. So they're like, oh. yeah, my buddy Gupta, come on, man, go easy on him. Uh, Rajat, yeah, because once they flip a guy like that, yeah. I mean, he's, let's face it, he's not the only guy no. doing no. illegal trades. No, you're right. And he must know everybody and their sister. And uh, so now these guys are getting on his good side, it seems to me. That's the only reason. That's what the hooker, this is just what happens with the hooker. You know, the judge lets her off. Why? Oh, well, gee, judge, lift up them robes. Let's see if we can get a match. Wow. So anyway. Okay. Well, Rajat is uh, is cruising for freedom, and the hooker is cruising cruising for a, an unfortunate uh, lead poisoning at high velocity. <laughs> she is. Wow. I don't know what she She apparently taped all of her encounters. That is so not smart. Yeah. And, is, so, and they have the tape, so now it's evidence yeah. against her. The whole thing's a disaster. Wow. Well, maybe now would be time for me to uh, to sit down and. Uh, well, actually, I'd, I'd like I'd like to continue our celebration, John. Our cel- okay. our celebration of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Oh, that's right. It does not stop. It started at the beginning I of did, October. I, I took part today. I took part today. Oh yeah, what did you do to celebrate National Cybersecurity Awareness? I, I upgraded a vast. Oh, a vast. Yeah, it's one of the uh, one of the. It's the current uh, anti virus oh, software. Right. Free, free oh, anti virus oh, software. Oh, yeah. and it comes up. Bing. Your vast needs to be updated. Right. Yes. Right. No. So you're guaranteed they can spy on you now. Well, that's good. Good. Good job. Yeah, I, I always make sure there's a back door. Well, every everybody is celebrating along with us. Uh, CNN. Iranian hackers have launched a cyber war on U.S. targets. Woo-hoo! That's according to the Wall Street Journal, which cites top U.S. officials. They say there's been a string of hacking attacks on American banks and on oil and energy companies in the Persian Uh-oh. Gulf and Middle East. Defense oh, yeah. Secretary Leon Panetta is sounding the alarm. Yes, and of course, uh, so CNN and the Wall Street Journal, uh, we cannot uh, leave out uh, MSN or CNBC, uh, also celebrating Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Wells Fargo, America's fourth largest bank, has been hit with a cyber attack. Woo-hoo! The bank says no major damage was done to their accounts. U.S. officials are now saying Iran and others are now repairing a cyber attack on the U.S. Oh! Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta suggested a Pearl Harbor-type threat, and he laid out his worst-case scenarios. So I, uh, I, I pulled a number of clips from uh, this uh, speech that Leon Panetta gave uh, in uh, New York on the on the Intrepid uh, before the uh, Business Enterprise Organization. And uh, I, I think some of them are, are a couple minutes. Would you like to go through these? Because his whole speech was 40 minutes in total. I've been able to boil it down. But I think what he was saying is so incredibly important so that we understand uh, just how screwed we are as uh, freedom fighters on the Internet. You and I are going to be off the air very, very soon. I wouldn't be surprised. The first thing that I found very interesting was uh, Panetta's connection to 9-11, which I didn't even know there was one. A strong national defense is all about, and you understand that a strong national defense and a strong economy go hand in hand. Uh, Let me see. Is that the one I was looking for? I think so. With that in mind, tonight I'd like to discuss with you an issue. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, well, we'll just listen to this one. I have no idea wh- where that clip went. That I think is at the very nexus of business and national security. 
the threats facing the United States in cyberspace and the role that the Defense Department must play in defending this country mm. from those kinds of threats. We're on an aircraft carrier, a famous and great aircraft carrier, and it's a fitting and appropriate venue to have this discussion. This ship and the technology that's on display at this museum attest to one of the central achievements of the United States in the 20th century. You know what's so horrible about this guy when he talks? He takes so long to get the words out. Now, when you use Audacity, you can crank it up and you can you can speed him up. Uh, it's 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 annoying, but therefore it was easy to edit. Well, so far you didn't edit that part out, and it's pretty no. dull. Yeah. Well, then let's uh, go to exciting bit. But even more alarming is an attack that happened two months ago when a very sophisticated virus called Shamoon. Shamoon! Have we heard of the Shamoon virus, John? I don't, it doesn't ring a bell. Did your vast update for the Shamoon virus, my friend? Ha ha ha! I don't think so. Listen to what this virus can do. It can destroy you. Infected computers in the Saudi Arabian state oil company Aramco. Shamoon included a routine called a wiper. Oh, a wiper. A wiper. <laughs> not a folder, not a scruncher, but a wiper. Coded to self-execute. Oh. This routine replaced crucial systems files with an image of a burning U.S. flag. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me just get this straight. So it placed JPEGs on your uh, uh, instead of your registry or something. I mean, so it, it, I don't know. Let's listen some more. How he, do you spell this virus? Shamoon. Now you can look it up in the Book of Knowledge. It is exactly his description. S H A M O O N, which is S H A S S H A M O O N. Now listen. Okay, but I listen to the, when you read the Wikipedia, you'll hear exactly his description. But it also put additional garbage data. Ooh, garbage data! That overwrote all the real data on the machine. <laughs> this guy should be teaching IT. More than 30,000 computers that it infected were rendered useless <laughs> and had to be replaced. Now... That's Wait bull crap. Minute. That's bull crap. <laughs> That's bull crap. That is bull crap. <laughs> What? Yeah, no, no. But wait, but wait. Now remember who he's talking to. He's talking to business enterprise executives. So, of course, first you say, Oh, my God, it had to blow up 30,000 computers. It virtually destroyed 30,000 computers. I said it virtually destroyed 30,000 computers. Then just days after this incident, there was a similar attack on Ras Gas of Qatar, a major energy company in the region. All told, the Shamoon virus was probably the most destructive attack that the private sector has seen to date. Okay. Really? Wait, now, now wait for the scary bit. Imagine the impact an attack like that would have 
on your company. <laughs> you a-hole. <laughs> First you lie about how the computers were trashed, and then imagine if that Destroyed. happened. If that happened to your company. Imagine if that happened. So this goes on and on and on. And you, you can see in the uh, in the Wikipedia, it is literally the same example of the 30,000. You know, it's a relatively new article. You know, so whatever. Shamu virus. Okay, fine. So what do we need? What do we need for all this? We need new rules. Hold on a second. Let me, let me tell you the... Uh, I'm looking at the, the great thing about Wikipedia now is that you can look at the history of the article. Yeah, and AT&T is the most recent editor. Uh, someone, and, someone at the AT&T uh, Abuse yeah, Center. Yeah, this thing started showing up in August 19th of yeah. this year. Uh-huh. With this, and it's, um, just two people, no, yeah. Numos yeah. and Thorwald, they're discussing yeah, Thorwald, it here. Yeah, yeah. The shills, obviously. Of course it's bull crap. Uh, so what do we need, John? What do we need to take action? What do we need? What do we need? Oh, what do we need? I don't know, but we need, losing 30,000 machines. Oh. We need new rules. Responding to the cyber threat, cyber threat requires the right policies and organizations across the federal government. For the past year, the Department of Defense has been working very closely with other agencies to understand where are the lines of responsibility when it comes to cyber defense. Where do we draw those lines? And how do those responsibilities get executed? As part of that effort, the department is now finalizing the most comprehensive change to our rules of engagement in cyberspace in seven years. Okay, so we don't know what the rules are yet, but this is what's happening. We're changing the rules, the most significant change in seven years. We're in the process. No worries. We're, we're getting there. Now, of course, the Department of Defense also has a role. Uh-huh. It is a supporting role. Okay. But it is an essential role. And tonight I want to explain what that means. Thank you. But first, let me make clear what it does not mean. Okay. It does not mean that the Department of Defense... Do you notice that he stumbles every single time he's trying to say Department of Defense? He says Department of Depends. Yeah, he seems to have trouble saying defense. Clear what it does not mean. De- de- department. He's always saying department. It does not mean that the Department of Defense <laughs> will monitor citizens' personal personal computers. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> hey, citizen. No, not at all. Hey, citizen, we won't monitor your, your personal email. We're not interested in personal communication. Oh, no, of course not. Or in emails. No. Or in providing the day-to-day security of private and commercial networks. Like vast. That is not our goal. That is not our job. That is not our mission. Oh, goody. Our Whose mission. job is it? Well, it, well, <laughs> the mission is, of course. The way he says it, he says it assumes that the way the, you have to assume the way he said, made that phrase that somebody's job is not his, though. Well, that's what he's. Whose leading. job is it to monitor our, our email? Uh, the commercial companies. That's what he's leading up to. The whole, uh-huh. He's leading up to saying it is your job to do that. Is to defend the nation. Defend the nation. We defend. We deter, and if called upon. We take decisive action to protect our citizens. In the past, we have done so 
through operations on land and at sea, in the skies and in space. And now. In this century, the United States military must help defend the nation in cyberspace as well. Yeah. If a foreign adversary attacked U.S. soil, the American people have every right to expect their national defense forces to respond. So it's kind of interesting that we're being we're under attack right now because I heard it on CNN and CNBC. So we are under attack. So at any moment, Leon Panetta will don his Tron cyber suit and and come to our rescue. How can you help companies? Ultimately, no one has a greater interest in cybersecurity than the businesses that depend on a safe, secure and resilient global digital infrastructure particularly those who operate the critical networks that we must help defend. To defend those networks more effectively, we must share information uh-huh. between the nah. government and the private sector about <laughs> threats in cyberspace. We've made real progress in sharing information with the private sector. Yeah, just go look on 2nd Street in San Francisco or just look up Echelon or or uh, wiretapping without warrants. We've made some real progress. But very frankly, we need Congress to act ah. to ensure that this sharing is timely and comprehensive. Companies should be able to share specific threat information with the government without the prospect of lawsuits hanging over their heads. Oh, here we go. There it is. There it is. And a key principle must be to protect the fundamental liberties and privacy in cyberspace that we are all duty-bound to uphold. What could possibly go wrong? The fact is that to fully provide the necessary protection in our democracy, cybersecurity legislation must be passed by the Congress. Without it, we are... And we will be vulnerable. And then, of course, we've got to wrap the whole thing up by really putting the fear of God into you while you're on an aircraft carrier in New York. Before September 11, 2001, the warning signs were there. We weren't organized. We weren't ready. And we suffered terribly for that lack of attention. We cannot let that happen again. This is pre-9-11 moment. (laughs) Yeah, let's clap for that. Pre-9-11. Lovely. Pre-9-11. The attackers are plotting. Our systems will never be impenetrable, just like our physical defenses are not perfect but more can be done to improve them. We need Congress, and we need all of you to help in that effort. I want you to know the Department of Defense is doing our part. Yeah, right. So uh, there you go. Pre-9-11, this is a Pearl Harbor event. Pearl spelled P-E-R-L. So you should read my column, Cyber War, Bring It On, in October 12th, PC Magazine, people out there. Oh, great. Where, where I discuss this mm-hmm. exact topic. Yeah. Uh, and I have a couple of good lines in here. Uh, one is, uh, 
Now, according to the government officials, we have again a threat looming over our heads. This time it's a form of cyber terrorism. Never mind that the terrorists who we managed to identify tend to be living in mud huts in Waziristan, <laughs> where they enjoy blasting them left and right with drone strikes. As far as I know, these folks and their dirt roads do not sit on any OC-768 fiber network. <laughs> Even if they have a phone line, it would be a miracle. Exactly how they can manage to get the skills necessary to develop complex cyber attacks is beyond me. You did you you should have added in there. Uh, didn't our government just tell us that Iran was uh, was disconnecting the entire country from the interwebs? I mentioned that in the column. Oh, good, yeah. good. I mean, uh, you can't have it both ways. You there can't. is Iran or Iran who, <laughs> by the way, in the in the debates, it's interesting that that uh, Ryan pronounced it Iran correctly. The host pronounced it Iran uh, correctly, and Biden pronounced it Iran. He's not in the loop. He's not in the loop. But here, here's 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 where I was leading up to. This is some legislation, unless you want to read more from your column, which I always nah, enjoy. Good. But people should go get this column and they get a point here. I brought, I brought out everybody. <laughs> they, is there a free decoder ring if you read the column? Is there something? No, they, they uh, learn something. So I have the latest uh, draft document of Clean It, the Clean IT, which is now circulating through the European Union. This is the now we've we we read this legislation earlier, uh, the August leg, uh, briefing, and uh, I have now come into possession of the most recent update. It is the Clean IT Project. This is from the European Union. Uh, there's a link in the show notes at four five two dot nashownotes.com. You can see the entire Clean It site. This, of course, this document is not listed there because it is um, confidential, not for publication, limited distribution. This document, the recipient may share this document only with others within their organization on a need-to-know basis. Now, the fact that I am in possession of this uh, probably means that it's being floated to see what the response will be. And it's being purposely leaked. Yes, it is being leaked. Uh, I would like to read you some of the recommendations that will be a part of the legislation of the European Union as it pertains to terrorism, illegal activities, and the Internet. Are you ready? No. <laughs> okay, so the lead in the European Commission will be approached to consider finding a European organization that will adopt the results of the Clean IT, continue its activities, and host a new European public-private dialogue and cooperation format to reduce terrorist use of the Internet. So what they're doing here is they're pitching for regulation and, of course, another government body that will regulate your Internet freedoms. And in Europe, it is the European Commission who does this. They have all the power. These are the non-elected elites who run the show. So let's just run through a couple of things of what this will. Oh, by the way, governments that commit to this document will start the National Clean IT Cooperation Format within half a year. So this is six months from now, John. We could be off air within six months, and I'll tell you why. Listen to what's going on here. Under the legal framework, Internet companies must be obliged by law to provide LEAs, that's uh, law enforcement agencies, but I'll just call them LEAs from now on because they use it throughout the entire document, with all necessary customer information for investigations of terrorist use of the Internet. It must be legal for police officers to patrol on social media. This includes having a profile, joining user groups, sending and receiving messages on the platform. So we're going to have cops on the social media. Well, this is a cop job I wouldn't mind having. <laughs> well, stand by. Cause... Hey, I'm going to be on patrol today. <laughs> I'll be on Twitter. <laughs> they, wait, I need a break. 
Hey, I'm on patrol. Yeah, I got to take a break from Twitter. I'm going to go. I'll see you guys at lunch. I'm going to be on. Yeah, this afternoon, I'm going to be patrolling uh, Facebook, if you know what I mean. And then I'm going to go patrol Friend Finder, if you know what I mean. I got a camera. <laughs> got to check on everybody. Got to check on the terrorist. Okay, knowingly providing hyperlinks on websites to terrorist content must be defined by law as illegal. Let me uh, let me repeat that. Yes, please repeat that. That was a good one. Knowingly providing hyperlinks on websites to terrorist content must be defined by law as illegal. Of course, really. What is terrorist content? That of course CNN. Is... <laughs> there you Huff go. Post. <laughs> there you go. Terrorist content. States must states, and that that means of course the the member states of the European Union countries must make clear that original terrorist content and terrorist activities on the internet of people and organizations uh, is illegal and should not be allowed on internet company platforms. And the platforms is the thing that becomes very interesting because we're going to explain what that means. Um, I love this. Judges, public prosecutors, and specialized police officers must be legally allowed to order by means of a notice and take action procedure to remove terrorist content from the Internet. So that doesn't mean you're going to have a trial. That means specialized police officers can go, let's remove this, remove this from the Internet. This is, this is terrorist content. Let's get rid of it. Um, governments must have... LEAs or intelligence agencies monitor terrorist use of the internet, but only monitor specific threats, not primarily the population as a whole or all internet use. Again, what could possibly go wrong with that? Governments have clear policies on intelligence gathering and when to take action against terrorists, radicalizing content on the radicalizing content on the internet. So now it's radicalizing content that they will be policing. Governments must have specialized police officers patrol on social media. There it is again. Um, governments must disseminate lists of domain names that are not allowed to be registered to prevent terrorist propaganda. So what would that like be? Like what? Like, uh, I don't know, uh, noagendashow.com? <laughs> no agenda. That's got a very nebulous. <laughs> it's propaganda, man. It's to prevent terrorist propaganda. This is so open for interpretation. Governments must subsidize competent NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations. Well, that's going to have to be us. Exactly. That substantially contribute to reducing terrorist use on the Internet and radicalize. That's we're up. That's the, exactly what the No Agenda show is all about. But then we have to become a, a registered NGO. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's money in it for us. I'm telling you, there's big money in it for us. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with this. Okay. Um, let me... Skip down to the next bit here. And by the way, we also consider Hillary a terrorist. Yes. <laughs> and just saying this is enough to get us kicked off. Uh, now we have to implement flagging and reporting button systems. Flagging slash report button systems must be implemented by providing... <laughs> Where? Everywhere? Ah, on yes. blog? Well, yes, I'll tell you. Uh, this has to happen on the following... Providers of chat boxes, email services, messaging systems, social networks, retailing sites, voice over internet protocol, web forums must all have flagging systems. Web forums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's dumb. It gets better. The anonymity of the... Hey, boing, boing. Yeah. The anonymity of the reporter must be preserved 
Reporter details must Wait be... Wait a minute. This is contradictory because there's other laws saying you can't have anonymity. What's the deal? Let me finish the sentence. Reporter details must never be shown to content owners. In other words, you can just go rat on people and you're never going to have any repercussions because, you know, you'll be protected. You'll be protected by ratting someone out. Oh, yeah. I'm ratting out the New York Times. Specialized NGOs should actively flag illegal terrorist content. Oh, my God, John. Can you imagine uh, just sitting around all day just clicking flagging stuff? All day. <laughs> the Huff I don't post. like this guy's face, Dick. <laughs> and it gets better. Internet companies could extend a higher credibility status to trusted flagging organizations. Ooh, so, trusted so, flaggers. Yeah, so we'll have the brown. I'm a trusted flagger. <laughs> Want to see my flag? We'll have the brown shirts in cyberspace. I don't know about your flag, but I wouldn't mind seeing your poll. Hey, now. Voice over IP, voice over IP services. It must be possible to flag users for terrorist activity. There you go, Skype. How can Skype. you do that? Well, Unless if, you're listening in. If messaging systems are attached, it must also be possible to flag specific messages. Some voice over IP technologies allow for conversations to be flagged. Yeah, I guess that's what Skype's doing. That's why they're sucking so bad. Yeah, too many flags clogging up the bandwidth. Internet companies offering users the opportunity to create their own subgroups should make flagging reporting buttons available on these subgroups. And for the wow, this is ridiculous. Now, now you're getting me mad. And now, for, there's a column in this. This is my Monday column, PC and, Magazine, how stupid this is. You can't have every blog and every comment stream and everything else have a flagging button hold that on, goes to the hold government. On. And for the moderators to remove content. So we need to have Nazis. You can, that's what moderators can do already. Yeah, Nazis. Moderators moderate for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it terrorism if somebody comes on the blog and says, you suck? Well, this is interesting because uh, I'm glad you asked me that question. They're terrorizing me. Here it is. Um, so now, the, 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 now so they're calling for this advisory organization, which will determine all of these things. This is the Ministry of Appropriate Freedoms. The organization will provide research and advice on terrorist and other content which is recognized as dangerous throughout the EU and in each individual country. They would be, legisl- uh, the organization should provide advice on legislation and jurisprudence, academic work on the subject, material that can be researched and used for machine learning, Known terrorist and extremist content, and here it comes, hate speech. Duh. <laughs> so that's where you're going to get kicked off the interwebs, is because of your hate speech. Because you said something hateful, you bullied somebody. Boo hoo hoo hoo. And by the way, uh, if you're going to join one of the uh, NGOs, the Nazi group organizations... Um, it states here specifically governments, legal uh, law enforcement agencies, NGOs, and Internet companies could employ or use former terrorists and victims to reduce radicalization online. So there's a gig in it for you. So we can flip you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, I had uh, one more thing. Uh, referral units. What are you reading from again? Why don't you remind me? This is the Clean IT, uh, Clean It, September 2012 
uh, document for best practices and permanent dialogue. And this came from? Uh, from the interwebs. No, I mean, it came from the EU, or who's the, who's the author? Oh, yeah. the, uh, this is the, if you, I'll give you the, the website. Hold on a second. It is, uh, here it is. Come on, mouse. The URL is cleanitproject.eu. And they have the August up there, the August draft. This is September. Uh, this is reduced. So the, the most recent article on the clean IT is reducing the impact of terrorist use of the Internet. And uh, so uh, September is not published officially. Now, interestingly enough, this well, is... Well, how does this differ from the August? Did you do a comparison? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The August one is just like, oh, terrorists, you know, using the Internet, whatever. You know, radicalizing. No, no. This, this has specific rules and regulations they're laying out here. You sure this wasn't just planted and it's bull crap and it never will appear in the real uh, document? No, because the last time I got one, it was it 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 was published uh, a few weeks later. Okay. Internet companies uh, must only ask customers, users to identify themselves uh, in with real uh, real names. Oh, so, wait a minute! Wait a minute! How can you? What are the cops doing? They're going to be patrolling the uh, Facebook and the Twitter and the Friend Finder and all the rest of these things. Are they going to be using their real names? Office Sergeant John Jenkins. Well, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked that. We have the heading: Virtual Policing, uh, Virtual Community Policing. Uh, let me read you some. And this, by the way, is all marked up in the show notes. You can download the PDF. Virtual community policing must be used to find and connect to persons in danger of being radicalized. There's a whole bunch of... just arrest them and throw them in the slammer like we normally do. Virtual police officers should be... Oh, hey, I got a better idea. Why don't we find these people and then trick them into pushing a button that says there's a bomb blowing up a building? That would be a... Well, virtual... Are we doing most of the radicalization ourselves? I mean... Well... well, Just cutting out the middleman thing doesn't make sense. Then I'll jump straight to point eight... Virtual police officers should become members in extremist and terrorist fora as much as possible, subscribing to news, mailing lists, and alerts, etc., to be able to detect any terrorist content or activity. It's saying it right there. You have they, The virtual police officers have to join the terrorist forums, which they call fora, subscribe to the news, and, news lists and mailing lists. I, I guess get involved in the community so you can then go bust people. Hmm. Virtual police officers, on the other hand, should be easily recognizable, make clear they are real policemen, and use their real photos, names, and various ways to contact them. What? <laughs> virtual police officers should use That's easy- not going to work. Virtual police officers should use easy-to-understand popular language, friendly icons, and profile photographs in order to lower the threshold of being contacted and in order to be effective in combination with the younger users of social media. Was up? <laughs> Yo, brah. Yo, bro. What's up? What's up? <laughs> you guys? I... <laughs> Anyone leet around here? <laughs> so um, this is what's coming. 
And you know what's going to happen. This is exactly what this is. You know, there's no stopping this. And this is also going to be used for um, intellectual property. Yeah, this is going to be used to uh, curb your free speech, which you already don't have. Certainly not in Europe, you know, because you might be practicing hate speech. No, I hate speech. Hate, I hate. I hate hate you speech. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now here in the United States, you suck hate speech. It's totally hate speech. Yeah. Here in uh, Gitmo Nation uh, proper, AT and T uh, has now uh, announced that in November they will start on their UVerse with the six strikes in your out policy, and it looks like everyone else is joining in on this. So if you download. Yeah, November 28th, customers whose accounts are repeatedly flagged. There you go. There's the flagging already sneaking in for alleged copyright infringements, which means downloading something, will have their access to frequently visited websites blocked until they complete an online copyright course. <laughs> you need to turn on your speakers just a little bit, John. Just just a tad. I'm coming, this, I'm coming back. This is a uh, reminds me of traffic school. It's exactly the same as traffic school. And, uh, and AT&T's U-verse is not the only one that's going to do this. Uh, Time Warner, uh, who else do we have? We have the, um, what's the other cable outfit? Uh, Time uh, Comcast. Comcast, yeah. They're going to do it. Verizon. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. November 28th is when uh, everyone's going to start. Cablevision, Comcast, Time Warner, and Verizon. Uh, and if you... If you download uh, something illegally uh, more than six times, then you then you uh, will basically only get a web page that says you have to complete the copyright course, hmm. which is just like traffic school. You're right. Yeah, and you know what that means. This is what the scam is. I'll tell you right right now where you where you're. Oh, it's a money. It's a money scam. Exactly. This course is going to cost you a hundred dollars. Why don't we set the course up? We we should be ahead I of the that's game. That's what the first thing I thought of is <laughs> is is air some money. <laughs> we need something. Yeah, we do. I'm gonna show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We do have a few people to thank. We want to thank them right now. Beginning with uh, Keisha Wright for the $150 and no comment. I couldn't find one in the email either. Murray Stone in Stone, Vermont. This town is actually named after him. Isn't that cool? <laughs> no, that, yeah, and that's not a coincidence? Uh, $100. Uh, here's a small donation as you can keep up your good work. So you can keep up your good work. I started listening in after realizing that grumpy guy on Twit just might know a thing or two. I do like your commercial-free value-for-value business model and hope you can continue at least until the end of the world as we know it, <laughs> which is coming up. Yeah. Might add pretty short. I'd like some random karma. Random karma it is. You've got karma. Michael Henry in Snellville, Georgia, $100. Thanks again for the best podcast in the universe. Here's a small donation to help keep y'all good uh, with your better halves. A karma and one hot milk for the dames out there from Sir Michael Henry and uh, Sir Michael, sorry, from Snellville. That's one hot milk, baby. You've got karma. And our uh, Baron, 
of record in uh, Belgium. Oh wow, the Baron is back! Wow, he was the back Baron last is week. Back. All right, yes, back. awesome. Good. I guess uh, the divorce finalized. Baron von Pelsmachers. Uh, special donation on today's episode of the best podcast in the universe, 5555 for pre-celebrating five years of the best fun I've had while commuting to and from work, including the DSC, and a 4444 to wish myself a happy birthday and the same this next Monday. Uh, we do have them on the list. I would like to request a little karma in order to help me find a perfect new home soon. Keep up the great work, and as Adam said, Als jadit zo werder begift lesen dan wird je in de lager landen John. and Bobby. There's nothing funnier than making you say stuff in Dutch. And you're really <laughs> you. And you're really pretty good. So the, if it's an I and a J, it's an A. That's the only thing. So it would be blaft. So whenever, blijft? whenever you see the where's the word? Okay. You see the 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 Ferder blijft lezen. So you see the Ferder blijft lezen. Right now, read the one after Lage Lande. Ongeveld. Ongetwijfeld. Ongetwijfeld. Oh, ongetwijfeld. Vertroteld. Vertroteld. Very good. You you know it's it's much better than you than you know. Yeah, that's a good thing. Maybe I should take the language at a small course. Yeah, let me just... Uh, Toby let, me, not, let, let, me hit, let me hit him oh, with some sorry, karma. Sorry, You've Baron. Karma. Just a little karma for the Baron. Yeah. Toby Knotts in Kenilworth, Illinois. That's the uh, little ritzy town just north of Chicago. 3333 in honor of 10, 11, 12, plus 5555. Can I get a look over here plus a double tap? Looking forward to joining the Order of Knights shortly. Peace, love, no homo, big hair, Toby. <laughs> Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. You've got karma. I like that combo. That's a good combo. Joseph Hatch in Springfield, Virginia. Uh oh. Uh oh. 69. 69. Uh, my prediction was wrong. We got more 69ers. Swazzle nuffs. Keeping the dream alive, just getting by, both of you. Keep up the great work. It's also my birthday. Uh, turning 33 today. Can I get a hey, citizen, two to the head? Getting laid, Karma. I'm getting to need it. <coughs> Excuse me, for the year, just found out this week my wife's going to have our third baby. She's pissed that her three-year-old says, shut up, slave. <laughs> he says, whoops. <laughs> I think that's very funny, actually. Okay. Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. Uh, double tap. Uh. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. I added that in. Brian Williams, Streamwood, Illinois. Uh, 6969, no comment. Larry and Kara, 6969. Wish we could donate sooner, better late than never. I propagate the formula and hit my husband in the mouth. Now he's addicted. Uh, and propagates too. We're sending thirty three, thirty three times two for tickets to the mothership because we, when the shit hits the fan, we're too old to head for the hills. And sixty nine, sixty nine for the best podcast in the universe. <coughs> She's, they actually sent in another sixty six, sixty six on top of this. By oh, the way, cool. Um, can we get a? Uh, we want to show our support by donating to NAD douching and karma, and possible another karma for my husband's boss Bob. Who's uh, unfortunately got Parkinson's? Okay, well here it comes. You get a deduction. You've been deduced. And a big fat karma for everything you need. You've got. 
karma. Just can you can you lower the speakers just a tad more? Or uh, this is a funny irony to this. For one thing, you shouldn't be hearing the speakers because they got the mic set up in such a way. Uh, uh, so I, I don't know where that echo is coming from. But one, the mumble configuration volume control mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. Oh, and the system volume controls doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. So you can't actually turn down the volume. No. I can't uh, change the volume at all. I can't even mute it. Really? Yeah. Because I because yeah, I'm hearing my voice come back, and I can see it's coming from you because I I can see your oh, okay. view. Oh, well, it's possibly coming from me, but it's yeah. it's awfully sensitive because it never has before, and whatever. Well, what I've, You're stuck with it. No, it's all right. Because what I've done here is I've just uh, added a little more gate. So you have to make sure you're talking to the mic, otherwise you're not. You know, I can't I'm talking you. into the mic now. Is this good? Yeah. What? Sir Scott in Leesburg, Virginia, sixty nine, sixty nine. I haven't been getting any sixty nine, sixty nine action lately, and I couldn't bear. Oh boy, what? Oh boy, I mean, he's not getting any sixty nine action. That sucks. Ah, I couldn't bear the thought of you two suffering the same fate. <laughs> Please send a double tap strike to the drone loving drones with whom I work. By the way, there's a bunch of people like that. He wants a douchebag two to the head. Let me do that first. Douchebag. All right, you got it. Yeah. Anyway, there's a bunch of people out there that you talk, bring up the drones thing. Yeah, well, you know, we have to protect Americans. Seriously, it's weird. <laughs> well, they are programmed. The, the mind control is, work, is working. It's great. It's a success. Beth Visser in Winnipeg, Manitoba, 6969. I wish to wish my smoking hot DILF husband, dad, I'd like to. Uh, happy 33rd on the 13th. We both love the No Agenda Show and have filled many a road trip listening in. Our three human resources are often found singing the jingles, douchebag being a family favorite. <laughs> the kid, here you go, kids, we got one for you. Yeah, Ready? Yeah, kids, listen to this one. Shut up, slave. There you go. Good job, kids. Keep saying that to mommy and daddy. Mike, uh, Nicola, Nicola Chuck. In the Paris of Canada, Saskatoon, Saskatoon. is back. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, Mike here from Saskatoon, also known as Roll SK in chat. Here's my Swazelnuff donation for the month. John Adam C was a hundred percent correct about my last name. Thank you, Adam. Please send me some sixty nine, sixty nine karma for adventures in such matters. Please keep up the great work on the media assassination, and please, if you can, add some Canadian content. Us Canucks have been stepping it up, so I figure we deserve it. Oh, I've got some for you coming up. Promise. You've got karma. I got some. Uh, and uh, Dr. Neninger, uh, sir, the, sir, sir Neninger, Dr. to you, yeah. of Etet, Inc., Port Jefferson, New York, 6969. I didn't get my karma last time, just my what? Italian shut up slave. Oh. So I've been sitting here with my mouth shut. <laughs> Please give me some long delayed karma. Hopefully it has been sitting in the charger and a karma dose for all my Long Island no agenda karma. Yeah, uh, we both screwed this one up. That was dumb. By the way, that Islip town is pronounced Islip. <laughs> yeah. Islip. Yeah, I should have known I should have known a lot better. Honestly. Uh, it's the airport when you fly in at some point. Okay. All right. Here's the karma. Sorry it took so long, but it'll do it. You've got karma. Why do I say islip? Why? But it's islip. I'm never going to... That's a correction I can't make. It's like uh, yeah, you hopage. Can. Yeah, you can. I can't you, seem to get that right. Okay, either. John, John, hold on a second. Just close your eyes. 
All right, I'm going to anchor you forever. I slip, I slip, I slip, I slip, I slip, I slip. You'll never forget. Iceland. <laughs> Sir Michael Miller in Tiburon, California, 6969. Is it over, he asks? Apparently not. No. It probably is this week, though. Yeah. John Haller, Missoula, Missoula Montana, 6969, Letterman country. Uh, some of this must go directly to Adam and Miss Mickey for quitting smoking. Yay! C- congrats, and spend, some new, spend it on some new computers. I nearly died laughing two weeks ago as you struggle with Skype and mumble. Um, I get excited on Sundays and Thursdays awaiting the day's deconstruction. I just attended a lecture by Robert Hastings, author of UFOs, The Untold Truth. Uh, he calls it a government cover-up for unknown reasons. What do you two rational thinkers think about UFOs? Are you kidding me? They're real? Of course. I, I'm a believer. I no karma or anything. He's retired. But he is the last on the list of... 69! 69, dude! All right. well, that totally... Right. That has to kill it now. So 69-69 segment. No, no, that's... I can't... Well... Maybe somebody else will come in one more time. I just can't see this. This has almost been a year since Carrie Schoen in Deutschland started this thing. Has it been a year, really? A year? I think it's almost. I have her, wow. her original note here somewhere. I'm going to dig through and I'll get the date. Harvey Lee in Federal Way, Washington. Now we have our 5555 thank you uh, donations. One of the things that makes me laugh, your attempt to pronounce Dutch names. If you can pronounce Oh, nuts. I would have gotten this right. Hugens correctly. To Adam's satisfaction, I'll make four more donations of 5555. Here, and he's giving me some. Incorrect pronunciation. Well, tell me how to pronounce it. Huygens. 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 No, no, look, you want, you want to get more, more donations or you want to mess around with me? I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying what you say. Huygens. Huygens. <laughs> We're screwed. Oscar Nadal, Sir Oscar Nadal, the Unticati, California, named after the beer, 5555. Uh, no comment like JCD likes it, in, in fact. Mike Bateman in Minneapolis, Minnesota, nuts, 5555. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> Belmar Mike in Belmar, New Jersey. Belmar, Jersey! Uh, 5555, greetings from the Jersey Shore, <clears throat> where we take care of our drone and where the masses are the asses. Thanks for filling me in all the craziness around the world. You are truly the best podcast in the universe. Please throw me a hey, citizen, and a batch of karma for my clan. Hey, citizen. Oh, there we go. You've got karma. Hey, citizen, karma for the clan. It's clan karma. Ernie Benoit in uh, Rutland, Massachusetts, uh. 5555. No agenda karma works. My last donation earlier in the summer helped me secure a great job that I had applied for online with zero Insider help. I love that. Landing a job in this manner is a near impossibility with some without help of the no agenda karma. Fact two. <laughs> Fact. The megaphone is mega awesome. Fact. Please spread some <laughs> donation karma around to get the donations rolling in, and please hit my smoking hot wife with a milf baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> save me a spot to the mothership. Okay. Uh, milf baby. Did he need karma or just a milf yeah, baby? Yeah, yeah, he wants karma for us. Oh, for that's the donations. Nice. Okay. That's one hot milf baby. You've got karma. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, that little kid is funny. Keg. Keg. Yep. Keg. In Holly Springs, North Carolina. 55 55. 
Wanted to get this in for the fifth anniversary. Really enjoy the show and the information you provide. As an aside, the last one of the big distractions was the Romney wants to kill Big Berg meme. It was pleasing to hear on the local triangle area of NC Talk Radio that most people see the underwriting and grants for PBS as what they are advertising, not so much not everyone is brainwashed. Keep hitting them in the mouth. Ed Zalo in Rostrevor, South Australia. Uh, thanks for the best podcast in the universe. I think, says, it's, I think it's Ross Trevor. I think Ross it's, Trevor. Oh, yeah, I think it's Ross Trevor. A lot simpler than that. I said Ross Trevor. Who knows what you said? Ross Trevor. Ed. James Dowding in Fremantle, Western Australia, 55-55, no comment. Jeffrey Molner in Omaha, Nebraska, fifty-five ten. I fell behind on listing and I haven't donated in a while, but I finally caught up to the episode where Adam lectured me for falling behind. Glad to say I'm all caught up now. Could I get a two-to-the-head shut-up slave combo? You know what's really a shame? By the time he hears this episode, we'll be off the air. Okay, probably. <laughs> shut up, slave. We have to really struggle to get to the uh, fifth anniversary from the sounds of things. Well, that's going to take six months. Slick Media LLC in Jacksonville, Florida, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 5510. Please credit this donation till Sylvester J. Taylor the fourth. Sylvester J. Taylor the fourth. Keep hitting him in the mouth and please de-douche my black ass. <laughs> You've been deduced. Wash it all off. Wash it off. Uh, I'm assuming he's got a donkey in the backyard. Uh, Brett Farrell, Mason, Ohio, 50. And finally, our Sir Mike Westerfield uh, from Parts Unknown, although he's, I think we do know, 50. And that's what we got for today's uh, show, mm. 452. And we hope people will continue to contribute to this uh, effort by going to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, dvorak.org slash na, and channeldvorak.com slash na. But dvorak.org slash na is the key spot. And we do have a fifth anniversary coming up. We appreciate 5555 donations and anything else you can uh, donate. Always uh, is, uh, is, is we thank you for all the lesser donations. And we'll have uh, another newsletter coming out this week. If you haven't signed up for it, definitely do that because a lot of good info comes through. As a part of your total package, your value for value, we have noagendanewsnetwork.com where we have tons of people who contribute to the program. Uh, that actually is where I received the – it was an attachment. It was uh, it came through as an attachment on the No Agenda News Network, the, uh, the, the new clean IT document. Uh, so, the, you know, you could have had this and be reading at the same time I was. Uh, we have, of course, our show notes, a real tour de force, and you can see what those look like. Uh, today's episode show notes, 452.nashownotes.com. Dvorak.org slash and, and before you hit the jingle there, can you give Christopher Lemon some gratuitous uh, karma for being, he's going to get evicted. Oh, where did you, did this come in on the, on the emails? No, it's, it's, it's an email, yeah. Well, we don't want him evicted. That would be no good. You've got karma. The best podcast in the universe. It's Friday, Friday. And we kick it off with our very own Baron of Belgium. Baron Stephen von Pelsmacher congratulates himself, uh, celebrating on the 15th tomorrow. Joseph Hatch turns 33 the 14th today. Beth Fisser says happy birthday to her husband Patrick. He turned 33 yesterday. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. 
And then we have uh, two nightings, which is nice as people are uh, uh, becoming uh, 10, 11, 12 nights. And uh, tw- we still need a couple more of the 12, 12, 12s. Of course, anyone who checks in before the uh, end of the year receives still receives our our wonderful night ring package. So if you can just uh, draw your blade there, John. On uh, hello, there you go. That's good. Thomas Weiler, step forward, and Kim Moore, please step forward. That is uh, Kim is receiving the uh, uh, damehood, I presume, from Sir Tyler Fox. So. Thank you very much for your donations. In the amount of $1,000 or more, you now join the elites, the group of the No Agenda Roundtable, Knights and Dames. Please stand by as I hereby pronounce these Sir Thomas and Dame Kim, Knight and Dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. Your hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, geishas and sake. Actually, Mickey made me say geishas and sake. She said I was saying we were saying it wrong. It's geisha, not geisha. I never said geisha. No, I guess I did, and I knocked off my... Crap. My light fell off my uh, my desk lamp. I was so excited. When I do these nighthoods, I That's actually... Right, you like to be in the dark when you podcast. I do. Uh, like in a cave. But I actually have a... Uh, oh, man, it broke. Oh, crap. Now you can't see your keyboard. It. Turn the light on in the in the room. Well, you know, the thing is I have a, a, a light that actually just is clipped onto the monitor. And when I do these nighthoods, I, I actually I, I wave my arms. Yeah, I am doing the whole chunking thing. I, you know, I, I get all wild and stuff, and so I, I knocked the light off and broke the whole attachment while I was at I'm it. I'm reminded, I'm walking down the street, and there's some woman sitting on a park bench on her cell phone yakking at somebody, and she's wiggling her arms all over the place as if this gesticulating actually is com- being communicated somehow magically over the phone. Well, that's pretty much me, John, just like that. I'm gesticulating. So I, I promised some Canadian content. Here it is. Facebook page dedicated to Amanda Todd's memory. The bullies have found her again. The a bullies. noose below it. Rest in peace, Amanda. Laugh out loud. I'm so happy she's dead now, wrote another who identified herself as a classmate. And pictures, the one the teen wished she'd never shared, posted over and over again. Police investigating her death are now also investigating this. Gather what? enough evidence... Uh, to potential- so clearly you need a, a little setup to this clip. This is about Amanda Todd, um, and there's a reason why I'm playing this clip. Amanda Todd, who uh, killed herself after being cyber-bullied in uh, Canada. Actually uh, identify an individual that may in some way have played a role in her ultimately making this terrible decision. This is Amanda Todd just weeks ago in flashcards detailing a teenage mistake, a nude photo sent in trust, then broadcast for all to ridicule. She changed homes, she changed schools, but the internet bullies wouldn't allow the gossip to die. The 15-year-old killed herself Wednesday. Her mother said she's proud her daughter made that video. She didn't want anyone to feel the pain that she felt. She had the biggest heart. It changes your life forever. If anyone understands this pain, Alan Hubley does. His son Jamie was bullied. Last October, the 15-year-old killed himself. Hubley's been fighting for change ever since. People in British Columbia will come together and, and just say to the bullies that it's over. The game's up. Stop. Cyberbullying and sexting are words experts say need to become part of all Canadians' vocabulary. Advice for parents, educate your kids, remind them what goes online stays online. 
Just like they teach kids about being street smart and street safety, they can teach you about cyber safety. While police investigate how and why Amanda Todd died, BC's premier is calling for change, potentially making cyberbullying a criminal offense, identifying and punishing kids who hurt kids. Ah, there you go. There you go. It is a, it will become a criminal offense to bully online. And uh, are, are you still with me, John? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to remind everyone that we have seen this happen over and over again where kids get cyberbullied and then they uh, wind up committing suicide. Um, usually the lawyers who come out for this are uh, are representing certain other entities because what is not being told in this story, I show, and I want to do, whenever I read this, whenever I read teen kills himself because of bullying, I immediately Google for the following, and here it is. Amanda's bullying continued despite moving to a new city. Antidepressants and counseling did little to combat the severe depression. What happens is these kids, they, of course, they, they become depressed. You know, there's all kinds of, you know, there, it, it sucks to be bullied. You know, this is when parents need to step up. You need to help your child, not take them to the doctor and put them on the drugs where the commercial literally says may induce su- thoughts of suicide in young people. These kids are killing themselves because you put them on the drugs that make them kill themselves. Stop doing this. It is not the cyberbullying. It is the drugs that are supposedly helping them against their depression. Stop giving your children these drugs. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. You can Google it every single time. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It makes sense. You remember that the, we had that big one here in America, and then the lawyers who showed up were uh, were lawyers for pharmaceutical companies because they want to steer these poor parents in the direction of oh, it's cyberbullying. We need laws against cyberbullying, which of course will completely shut down free speech because it'll be hate speech or or a terrorism speech or radicalization speech or whatever it is. Please, whatever you do, don't look at the the antidepressants we had the kid on. Don't look at the meds. That had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I'm thinking that's probably right. Yeah, dope somebody up and yeah, dope them up. Get weirded out, and that's especially a kid. She's only 15. Yeah, and don't the don't the commercials specifically say? Yeah, no, they do. We play those commercials constantly with all the disclaimers. Yeah, they say specifically, may cause suicidal thoughts in young people. Mm, okay. Well, that's your Canadian news, ladies and gentlemen. We try to stay upbeat. <laughs> How's that working out? How's that working out for you? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I got a couple of interesting items. Uh, these are like... Old stories that were never reported that I remember because uh, they were all new. When I watched them, I said, what? I didn't know this. I, what? I didn't know that. Now, here's a couple of them. Let's go through them. I got three. How about the weird Gore-Bush debate anecdote? Now, let me take, set this up. They were discussing with some consultants what, you know, how you set, you know, your how do you do practice for the debates and all the rest of it. And these consultants dropped a little bombshell in here that I had no idea. This was during the Bush-Gore debates of 2000. I keep up with the news. I never heard this story ever. Ever see videotape of this? 
You don't even see pictures. No, there's there's a reason why. You don't want you don't want to show those vulnerable moments. We don't want to give away any component to our prep. In the 2000 campaign, one of McKinnon's secretaries gave Bush debate prep video to the Gore campaign. The Gore campaign very smartly went right to the FBI. And what happened to her? She went to prison for a year. Well, I remember that. Wasn't that they were getting it off of the uh, off of the satellite, off of the raw feed? Wasn't that how they were obtaining that video? Well, you, that's legal. Um, I'm just saying that's. Uh... No, apparently they had some tapes, and this woman, who I guess was a double agent for the campaign, if you want to call it that, right? She gives this stuff over to the Gore campaign. They call the FBI. And they throw the woman in prison for doing what? <laughs> for stealing the sex tape. I mean, really, what was there something more to this? This doesn't sound right. Well, it's theft, I guess. You can call it, uh, I mean, all these, you know, the DNC, the RNC, they're incorporated. They're corporations. So uh, so that's uh, industrial theft, industrial espionage. So meanwhile, there's this story that's floating around, which the mainstream media didn't pick up. And I think it's just a pro- provo- provocative uh, action taking place. This came off of, I think... The Chinese news. This is a simulated drill that's going to take place with the United States uh, working with Japan. And tell me what you think this might be about. The Japanese newspaper Sunkei Shimbun reports that the U.S. and Japan will hold joint military drills in November near an inhabited inhabited island in Okinawa Prefecture. Naval, land and air forces from both countries are expected to participate in the drills, which are reportedly aimed at simulating the retaking of an island occupied by (laughs) enemy forces. (laughs) Hmm... Gee, <laughs> what well, do you think that might be about? Well, a couple of things. First of all, we got to keep these Chiners in check, you know, because these Chiners are doing some really bad stuff. They are uh, there is an all-out assault on our petrodollar by the Chiners. Uh, they are making their own deals outside of the U.S. petrodollar system. What they had like ten countries now. They're doing they're doing uh, oil deals with. We got we got to check these guys. And now they're moving into Toledo. They're in Ohio. They're all over Africa. <laughs> I forget Toledo. Yeah, we, we got we to taking over Toledo. Yeah, oh no, holy yeah. Toledo! So we got to let these uh, Chiners know that you know you can't mess with us that way. And, I'm sure and this, then there's this. Yeah. And then there's this clip, which this is the. I'll uh, set this up. This is the odd t- Tepco this analysis. Is, that, this is just a clip of Palooza you're laying out on me here. Clip of Palooza. This is a, 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 a. This I didn't realize. I think we may have talked about. It. I don't remember this specifically. But they're reanalyzing. They had a, a, an independent panel look at the meltdown of the reactors in Japan. And by the way, you do. Re, I just want to remind some of our listeners who were all panicky about these things were going to blow. And oh, you know, there's, there's fake reports that were put out there that we we're supposed to like bite into, like you know, some other deconstruction shows might have done. And oh, we didn't. you mean like uh, uh, you mean like people getting Geiger counters to check their sushi, John? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> ready? Now this is not, now this I did not know. <laughs> you ready? Can yeah, I play this it? I did not know. And I, I want to talk about this after we hit it. Okay. And still with news from Japan, the head of Tokyo Electric Power Company's new independent panel says the company blew it on nuclear plant safety. It was the first time the company had admitted that last year's nuclear crisis was, un- was avoidable. 
The operator should have known if certain things happen, they vent. If certain things happen, they add seawater. I can assure you in the United States, if they had an issue of reactor cooling where the core was about to become uncovered, the operators would not call the CEO of the company, and they certainly would not call the president of the United States and ask, could they do that? They would do it. <laughs> so so what yeah. he's saying, he's, he didn't come out and out and say it, but apparently the guys running these reactors, the thing is falling apart, and the guy says, what are we going to do? We could follow procedures. No, let's call the boss. Well, that's exactly how it works there in Japan. That's the whole culture. Yeah. So they called the boss, and I guess they called the prime minister or somebody <laughs> to the premier. I, I mean, they wouldn't. They didn't just take care of it. This is a, really a flaw in certain Asian cultures. I mean, may, this is like. So what I'm not. Wait. But what I'm not getting from the report is, did they get through to the boss or the premier, and what was the answer? Well, I don't know if they did. It sounds to me that the guy wasn't home. <laughs> well, let's hey. just let it melt down until he gets home. Hey, Jinsan, no one's home, man. What are we going to do? I don't know, dude. Call, call again. Call the prime you minister. Have a cell number? <laughs> put, put, post it on Twitter, man. I don't know. We got to get through. And so I have one other one that's a little tidbit that is just completely alien to me. This is something of a long clip, but... Uh, it, it adds a little piece of a, a fundamental piece of information that I think we need to know on this show. And it, apparently the French, especially with Hollande, uh, are in, really intend to be one of the players. They, I don't know. I guess they got this hair up their ass. They want to be now one of the players in Africa. Before we play the clip, can I ask you a question? Sure. The hair up your ass analogy is an interesting one. Is this something that actually has happened to you, or have you no, ever witnessed this? No, it's this? just an old phrase. But does it come from, in the old days, that people used to have a hair up their ass? I don't know where, why, why it's even used as a term. No, just asking, thought maybe you had an idea. You All never right. heard it before? Uh, yeah, but only now that I just think about it. It's like, wow, you know, is that annoying? Well, I, I didn't really expect to deconstruct uh, old colloquialisms on the show. I mean, I, I'm going to be, every time I say one of these old things, like cripes, well, no. We, we, in fact, yes, we have discussed cripe. We, we have discussed uh, get on the stick. We've discussed uh, fiddlesticks. We've discussed all these things. I never. I don't say fiddlesticks. We've discussed it. I don't even remember what what was fiddlesticks. What was the, and we uh, and we've discussed um, your mother wears army boots. Ah, uh, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hair up your ass. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up while we listen to the clip. Uh, it's supposed to be a celebration of the French language. Seventy heads of state are gathering in the Democratic Republic of Congo this Saturday, along with French President Francois Hollande. But the summit is shrouded in controversy. Earlier this week, Hollande himself said the situation in Congo was unacceptable in terms of human rights, democracy and the respect of the opposition. But he agreed to attend in an effort to promote democracy in Africa. Earlier, we spoke Spoke to our reporter Nicolas Germain, who's covering the summit for France 24. He told us what's at the top of the agenda today. Well, we know that first of all they're going to talk about the uh, crisis situations in the Francophone areas, and first of all about Mali in northern Mali. The territory is occupied by Islamist forces. They will discuss the possible military intervention of a regional force. They will also talk about Congo here, where in the east of the country the M23 rebels are opposed to government forces. The UN says that Rwanda supports these rebels. Kigali denies the accusations. So here today, the Congolese and Rwandan delegations will be able to discuss that topic. And of course, it's a Francophone 
European summit, so they're going to talk about the future of the French language. Today, French is spoken by 220 million people. In 2050, 700 million people will talk French, and most of them will be here in Africa. And they will all be singing Swazilnuf. Did you know that there were going to the, the 700 million people are going to be speaking French, and most of them in Africa? It is still, I believe, the official uh, language of politics. French. It is the it is the yeah I think it's still the elitist language. I think that ended some time back. Well, not according to the French. I just thought that was peculiar. Well, you know the French uh, colonialism certainly spread out quite a bit. I mean, you talk to any of these people from uh, from Africa, uh, they all speak French, most of them. And then I have the one last thing, which is my clip gone bad. Hold on a sec. Clip gone bad. All right. Well, welcome back to RT with me, Tarantino, <laughs> for both their country and its allies. But getting working the story. <laughs> was that actually broadcast that way on RT? No, it was a clip gone bad. Oh, okay. Wow. Gee. Uh, the correct use of uh, the phrase is a have a wild hair up your ass. Not just a I hair. I guess it's been concatenated. Yes, it has been. A wild hair, which would be a psychological uh, irritation. A wild uh, hair. No, it doesn't. There has to be a better, uh, there has to be an etymology that makes sense. Well, I'm looking at the etymology and there's, you know, 1952 uh, is a reference, but. Uh, and it was as wild, H-A-I-R or H-A-R-E? H-A-I-R, I believe. You can have a hair across your ass. <laughs> How about you can have a hairy canary? This is uh, that's a good one. We should use the hairy canary line. I never heard it. What yeah. is it used for? As in uh, wild hair up your ass. It's just another way. A to hairy use. canary. Yeah, <laughs> <A> hairy canary. <laughs> yeah, that's, where that's where we're going. Hairy canary, and we're sticking with it. <laughs> Well, John, uh, I think it is now time, uh, since we have everybody listening, I think it is time to congratulate the European Union. Welcome to the program. This year's Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to the European Union. The Nobel Committee said the EU deserved the award for its long-term role in uniting <laughs> the continent after World War II. Yes, that's right. I mean, how, how lame is this? <laughs> it's, it's as bad as Obama. I mean, it, yeah, we have a Nobel Peace Prize winner with a kill list. I mean, that that was already crazy. But now, well, here's here's Barroso. He's very happy. Barroso thinks it's great. I have to say that when I woke up this morning, I did not expect it to be such a good day. Because, you know, Europe is going down in flames. Everything is, is breaking away, but we have a prize. It was with great emotion that I received the news of the world of the Nobel Peace Prize to the European Union. The European what? He said noble. No, oh, he keeps saying noble. Union, then the European community has unified countries split by the Cold War and has made it around the values of respect for human dignity, freedom, democracy, justice, the rule of law, and respect for human rights. And just wait until we get the police on the cyber networks. It will be great. Uh, oh, uh, sand in your vag is another one that's being recommended here. Um, 
So here is, of course, our friend Nigel Farage, uh, who pretty much expresses the same sentiments we have on the best podcast in the universe about this ludicrous, ridiculous, elite, megalomaniac-inspired idea and degradation of the entire concept of any Nobel Prize by handing it to the European Union rife with war. Let's get more on that top story, the Nobel Peace Prize being awarded to the... And please pay attention to the BBC shield trying to uh, uh, confront Nigel Farage about this. The European Union joining us live now from central London is the leader of the UK Independence Party, Nigel Farage. Mr Farage, welcome to BBC World News. So you've been phoning Jose Manuel Barroso to say congratulations, well done. <laughs> you are so funny, newsman. I think the whole thing's a nonsense. I mean, if anyone seriously suggesting that a democratic, stable, post-war Germany would have invaded France again with the intention of smashing it to smithereens, um, I would suggest they're misreading history. Um, I don't believe there was any prospect of war happening in Western Europe after 1945. Um, and arguably, uh, projects that take different nation-states, force them together under a new identity, a new flag and a new anthem, if they do it without the consent of the peoples, far from creating peace, this can actually create war, as Yugoslavia has showed us. So I'm baffled by this prize, as I think the viewers will be, because the last big European story was Angela Merkel going to Athens, and there we saw swastikas being flown, and Europe now being dominated by grief, violence and division. So you've completely omitted or you've forgotten what the Cold War was about then? Yes, the Cold War was about NATO. NATO and the nuclear deterrent. The fact we had, the fact the Russians didn't invade us had absolutely nothing to do with the European Union, which after all wasn't actually fully created until 1992. So you're saying the European Union now is not about freedom, it's not about law, it's not about human rights, it's not about reconciliation? It's about the destruction of nation-state democracy. Mr. Barroso was perfectly clear one month ago in Strasbourg, national democracy has to go, it has, it has, it has to be transferred up to a European level. And that is being done without consent. And far from making the peoples of Europe love each other, what has actually happened is the Eurozone has divided Europe north to south, and there are increasing, growing enmities and violence on the streets. We are headed in a very bad and, I think, dangerous direction. Yippee! This just a douchebag from the BBC. Jeez. This this just in. Jerry Sandusky has won the Think of the Children Award. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Geert Wilders had a good one. He said, what's next? Herman Van Rompuy wins an Oscar? Like, yeah. Oh, funny enough, the... uh, That wasn't a good one. It wasn't funny. I like that one. I like that one it came out. You didn't like that one? No, it wasn't nominated. (laughs) Um, What was it? uh, uh, Iran has... They're creating the Islamic Nobel Prize. They figured, you know, the thing is now so devalued. Yeah. Oh, I missed this one. Yeah, Iran, which has uh, themselves only one Nobel Prize laureate, announced the inception of a rival award intended solely for outstanding scientists of the Islamic world. This is great. This is very smart, but they shouldn't just do it for the Islamic world. It'll be the Great Prophet World Prize. <laughs> oh, can't wait. This should be a fun ceremony. <laughs> this should be great. <laughs> There's a million jokes in there. I can't come up with one. Yeah, man, but they're in there. They're in there for sure. Yeah. Well, I got an interesting. Why do you, let me just let's just talk about this for one second. What? Why did they do this? 
Well, there's a couple of factors here. One, you have to remember the country that does the Nobel Peace Prize is not the same country that does the Nobel Prize for literature and chemistry and all the rest. It's a different award altogether, and it is done uh, out of Norway as opposed to the Nobel Prizes, which are done out of Sweden. And Norway, ironically enough, is not part of the European Union. They stayed out. <laughs> That's interesting. So, so I thought that, yeah, I thought that little, huh. uh, like, we're not in it, but you guys here will give you an award. Shut up. Maybe they were trying to buy them off or something. I have no idea. Wow. Interesting. Or maybe it was just poking their eye out. <laughs> it's like, we, we're here. We're outside of that whole debacle. I, I know something funny. Let's kick sand in their face and give them the Peace Prize Award. Right after, you know, there's that <clears throat> element does exist in the award system, all award systems, because I've been a judge in, in different awards. And every once in a while, there's a uh, a political thing that takes place when you decide between one and A or B, which are both deserving. And you'll pick one or the group will pick one or somebody will boss everybody into picking the one that will cause more controversy or it'll be the one that to, to just throw sand in the face kind of thing. I mean, there's. That does happen, so, so that what, wouldn't surprise can you, me. Can you give me a specific example? I mean, yeah, there was a Computer Press Award some time back, and this was in the eighties. And I was a judge, and I was a co-judge actually with William with B William Randolph Hearst the third. And oh, the Billy. two of us, Bill, Willie, mm -hmm. and so the two of us were picking best computer magazine, I believe. It was in nineteen eighty-five, I think. Set the stage. Are you on his yacht? He doesn't have a yacht. He doesn't? In fact, at the time, he was driving around a Honda Civic. Oh. But anyway, and it was one of those Honda Civics. You can find the old Civics. If anybody knows this, these old Civics, they had a, uh, they were all right-hand drive because in Japan, they're all on the right-hand side. So they make the left-hand drive one special for the United States and other countries. But the way they did those old Civics, they still had the gears for the right-hand drive stuff on the in the passenger side. So there was a little bump. At the top of the uh, of the floor panel, that you could push down and stop the car from the driver's side. <laughs> Wait a minute! Did All these cars had that. Did it have a clutch as well? No, I, there was no clutch. But there, there might have been, but I, but there was the it was the brake that was sticking out. <laughs> really? So you yeah, could just so you could. Every time I got in one of these cars, I'd always feel around for the bump, and then I'd slam on the brakes. <laughs> it would drive the. What the hell's wrong with my car? Really? This was okay. Yeah. So, so I, I'm just you're full of lies. You are full of jokes. You huckster. Yeah, I, I got a million of them. So anyway, so we came down to Byte Magazine and Computer Currents, which was a throwaway free uh, newsprint magazine, and we just thought it would be so funny to give it to Computer Currents as opposed to Byte Magazine, which is like a big, you know, big fat magazine. And this is like a <laughs> local, <laughs> local magazine. Uh, you couldn't resist. Oh man, and that was—that's the only example you have. I'm sure. Yeah, I got more. tons of them. I'm just not going to tell you all the examples. Why Someone not? will throw a brick through the window. Some are a little too contemporary. <laughs> someone's pissed because they didn't get some hokey computer press award. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Generally speaking, I played it straight, but there was always a consideration: like, who would get the most benefit from the award? Uh, do these guys need another award? Wow, you know that kind of thing. That's very common. Wow. And when you're in meetings, if you're like an editorial system, when they give out the top 100 people in the sub, sub, you sit around a table, generally speaking, just the editorial staff, 
and and somebody they just throw out names and it's like I think you should be number thirty. Uh, what about so and so? It's fifteen. Uh, what about what's her name? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's put her up to number two, but don't put her number one because if she's number one. She'll it won't be good. Let's put somebody else that she hates. Number one. Okay, <laughs> you're about this person. Ah, yeah, so spiteful. So spiteful and mean. Wow. Nah, that's what you do when you're in, in the in the right. business. So you think that goes on at the Oscars and the uh, oh, and the yeah. country music awards and all that stuff? Yeah, of course. Wow. All awards and all lists are bull crap. Hey, do Top you, 100 most influencers. Come on. I mean, you know when they have the meeting, the guy says, well, this will, oh, I bet you this will really piss yeah. this guy yeah, off. Let's put right. let's put him number eight and then put so-and-so number seven. Well, I know, I, I know that even happens with the, uh, with you know, when they do the richest list. I know, I know they're, they're totally making that up because in Holland, when I actually had a lot of money, um, they would put me on the list and they'd be like, he's got 50 million. I'd be like, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> They would just they just make up numbers, and then and then they actually would have the audacity to say, "Well, well you know, you could always just open your accounting to us so we can uh, take a look at it." It's like, yeah, because I would always I didn't want to be on your stupid list. I don't have that kind of money. I never did, but they would just put you on the list just to you know to draw you in. I guess I don't know. You know, infl- no, it's all it's all bull it's crap. all bullcrap in general. All press is bull crap. The only thing that's not bull crap is this program right here. Well, now, do, there's some truth to that. Do you remember the first time we met, John? And I hate to be revealing all this uh, no, no, inside no. information. Are you kidding public, me? But I, I think you have to know this. Donations is going on. are soaring through the roof as we speak because this <laughs> is this is information people just don't get. So I think it's very smart you did this. We've so, met in 1993 at CNET. That's correct. And what was the occasion at CNET? Well, you were auditioning to be the host of something, uh, to, to have the, the main host job that no, was eventually get, no, taken by Richard Hart. No, no. Incorrect. I'm sorry. We were doing yeah, the, No, that's exactly right. No. Incorrect. I'll, I'll do it again. It was the pilot weekend. We were shooting the pilots. I refused the job. Okay. I refused the job because they did, they weren't going to... I saw you standing up there reading lines. That was the pilot. It was the pilot weekend. And by the way, you're a handsome young man. So what show were you doing? What was the name I of the show? Up, no, they had me doing some... Yeah, what they was had it? a couple of different what was, things. What was, the name, what was the name of the show, the, the, the discussion show? Yeah, the discussion what show. What was it called? I don't remember. Because I found yesterday... In cleaning up, we so I did two things yesterday. One is a very, very unhappy moment on Friday. Very unhappy moment. I did my taxes. Because, you know, of course, uh, is it Monday or Tuesday when you actually have to send the check? Yes. And, and we don't get no refunds <laughs> around here. So I'm sure Mimi does your taxes, right? She took care of that for you guys? Uh, it's being finished as we speak. Yes, yeah, see? So I did it. Uh, unhappy moment. And I'm like, you know, I'm so pissed off. Why don't I just continue and I'll clean out the entire garage, which included 10 boxes of crap that were, you know, which were unceremoniously packed by my ex-wife and shipped off to L.A., which means that you know, literally imagine a box and just throwing everything in there, just uh, like uh, dumping a trash can on top. Yeah, it of sounds it. exactly like my office. <laughs> right. And I cleaned up the studio and I found the the entire pilot tape. Of that whole CNET weekend, because that was never broadcast. That was that way we were just doing a pilot to sell to cable stations because CNET was supposed to be a cable channel before it became a, an Internet network. 
And I have uh, the pilot of that show that you did. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you make a dub for me? Uh, if I could even, if, if I can even find a machine to play it on, I'll make a oh, dub so for you. You have probably an no, it's old a VHS. Uh, it's, no, it's a VHS. It's just I don't have a VHS player. Oh, I do. You have a VHS player. I think it was yeah, called I'll the. It. I think it was called the Insiders or something like that. Maybe. Yep. And uh, so I, I do. I would. I do want to reiterate. They offered me the job. I was doing it with Doctor May Jemison, the astronaut. You recall, beautiful black woman. Remember. No. You don't remember her? I, I can't barely remember what time I got up. <laughs> and they offered me like some bullcrap salary and 18 million shares of stock. <laughs> and I was like, well, how, 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 how much uh, do you have outstanding? They wouldn't tell me. I'm like, well, then how, there's no good. They're not going to tell me how many shares are outstanding. I don't know what you're giving me. And they want me to move to San Francisco. Uh, interesting tidbit. Uh, I had registered, I registered for them on the spot that day, that weekend, CNET.com, and I hosted their email for at least six months. Because they You had, did that with MTV, too. Yeah. Well, but MTV, I set up a server, but I, but this is just, I was like, you know, you, I, I remember telling them, Kevin Wendell, remember he was sitting there and Halsey Minor, and I said, yeah. guys, this needs to be a computer thing. This is, you know, this is a, this is a whole computer. This cable thing, great idea. That's not where your future is. In fact, do you have a website? No. So, uh, okay, we have Prodigy. No, 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 no. Look, in fact, Prodigy. I'm not kidding. I used to forward uh, Kevin Wendell and Halsey Miner's email to their Prodigy accounts, and I registered CNET.com on the spot and set up email aliases so that it would go to their uh, to their Prodigy email. Again, ahead of your time. Yeah, look, As with this show. Look where it got me. <laughs> yeah, nowhere. That's the problem with being that ahead of you. You're too far ahead. But that does qualify me as a visionary. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, that's interesting. <clears throat> so anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you, you get that one. I for the main host of the whole network. No. No, they, they were offering me a... A job as a host. I don't know if it was the main host. I think it was the main host. But I said I wasn't interested because they were, you know, we're going to pay just not enough money to move out there, move my whole family, no yeah. security with this bullcrap fly by night operation. They had some talk yeah, show with I, this. I, I didn't have much faith in him. Talk either. show with some, some white haired guy who was all grouchy. And I'm like, this is good. This is going to fail. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I love you. You know that. Wouldn't know what to do without you. Wouldn't know what to do without being able to talk with you at least twice a week. I'd probably be divorced again. Yeah, it could be. But I'll tell you this. We'll play an end of show clip after this is over. Okay. UK and Russia and the Merchant Marines. Apparently, the Russians want to give some old Merchant Mariners that were in the British na British Merchant Marines who, who went all through the icebergs to drop off supplies and award. And the British government, run, mainly because of that one douchebag guy that we keep pointing out, the foreign secretary. Oh, Hague, William Hague. Yeah, Hague. Hague, they whatever. They said, no, Hague. you can't do it. You can't have the award. Screw you. <laughs> okay. It's a big scandal. And uh, please, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Uh, remember us as you uh, think about what you want to spend your valuable assets on. If you felt this program was valuable, Dvorak.org slash NA. I am here in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, 
Here, let me look outside for a second. Yep. <clears throat> Still foggy. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. certain death. If he fell overboard, that was a certain death. I mean, the temperature was well, well below zero. I mean, I was 18 years of age, 18 years of age, going up to Russia and enduring all that hardships and whatever. But we'd done it with a good heart because the job had to be done. John's stories and memories are among the most harrowing of the war. For the Russians, it was more than just supplies. It was psychological support, contributing hugely to the war effort. That's why in April, the Russian president awarded the Ushakov Medal to the Allies who'd taken part in the convoy missions. But incredibly, the British government's blocking Russia from rewarding British veterans for their valour. The veteran of the Arctic convoys in recognition of your outstanding contribution into our allied cooperation due to World War Two. The description of the medal is attached forthwith. But apparently, unless the British government sanctions it, it's a non-starter, which I think is unforgivable. Why? The Foreign Office says it's against the rules. In order for permission to be given for an award to be accepted, there has to be a specific service to the country concerned, and that service should have taken place within the previous five years. John's wife says that's ridiculous. They're all late 80s, early 90s, some of them. What on earth are they supposed to do over the last five years? They're still proud men of what they were during the war. It never leaves them. So why are they being penalised and not being given this medal? I think it's disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Turn Angry. off your television! Yay! And you can always follow me on Twitter at... The best podcast in the universe! Dvorak.org slash N-A